This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You gotta fight for your right to party. Burl head my ass, am I right? <laughs> This is It Was a Thing on TV. Punisher, control! Tell me before I change my mind! I give you Super Train! (laughs) Episode 347, Submission 1030. Super Bowl 47. Super Bowl 47 aired on February 3rd. 2013 on CBS. Well, we got Super Bowl 57 coming up at the time we're releasing this episode on Podbean later this week. And for the first time ever, we're going to have a set of brothers playing each other in the Super Bowl in Jason Kelsey on the Philadelphia Eagles and Travis Kelsey on the Kansas City Chiefs. And whoever wins that Super Bowl will have their second championship. And it's going to be epic. Yeah. Pride of Cleveland. They're from Cleveland Heights, which is just east of uh, Cleveland. Oh, that's why their podcast is called New Heights. Yeah, yeah. They're from Cleveland Heights, yes. Well, the post-game podcast after the Super Bowl is going to be hilarious. Whoever wins and whoever loses, it's going to make for a great episode. But would you believe that 10 years before that Super Bowl, we had two brothers coaching against each other in the Super Bowl? And I think we should mention that just by coincidence, we're doing this episode this week talking about brothers in the Super Bowl when this year we're going to have two brothers playing in the Super Bowl. This was just pure coincidence. Yes. So in the 2012 NFL season, we had the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, both teams the year before had suffered heartbreaking losses in the conference championship game in the 2011 season. Now, I remember the Baltimore Ravens freaking had that heartbreaker against New England where freaking Lee Evans dropped that pass in the end zone that would have given them the lead. And then Billy Cundiff came on. All he had to do was hit a chip shot field goal to tie the game. That's all he had to do. And then that jackass missed that kick, and I was pissed. And then I was even more pissed that night because the San Francisco 49ers lost to the New York Giants in the NFC Championship game. So I had to deal with, for the second time in five years, a Giants-New England Super Bowl. And let me just say this. I was not happy with either the result, but I just didn't want New England to win. And they didn't win, so good. And we did get a nice catch by Mario Manningham. But one year later, we had the Ravens and 49ers 
foul that season winning division titles of their own. San Francisco won 11-4-1 in the NFC West, and Baltimore, despite losing four of their last five, finished 10-6 and to win the AFC North. So let's go into the 49ers first. Now, if you'll remember, they made a switch in the middle of that season at quarterback. Yeah, they switched from Alex Smith, who admittedly the first half of his career wasn't all that good with the 49ers. And they put in some guy who, well, since this time, since 10 years ago, has gotten more popular for other reasons, Colin Kaepernick. So the 49ers rode to the Super Bowl. They beat the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round 45 to 31. And then in the NFC Championship game against the Atlanta Falcons, they were down 24 to 14 at the half, then came back to score a touchdown in the third quarter, and then took the lead in the fourth quarter on a Frank Gore touchdown to win 28 to 24 to advance to the Super Bowl for the first time since 1995. So the road for the Ravens to the Super Bowl. Now, in the wild card round, they beat the Indianapolis Colts 24 to 9. And then in the divisional round against the Denver Broncos in Peyton Manning's first year, the Ravens were down by a touchdown in the final minute of the game when Joe Flacco threw a miraculous pass to Jacoby Jones, who went all the way for a touchdown. I think it was like a 70-yard touchdown or something like that. It was something like that, yeah. Yeah, to tie the score. Blackwell stepping up and throwing deep down the far sideline. Caught into the end zone. Touchdown, Jacoby Jones. Does that happen in the Denver secondary? And then the game went all the way to double overtime where a rookie kicker kicked the winning field goal for Baltimore to send them to the AFC championship game. And that kicker was maybe the best kicker of all time. If you think about it, he's got the numbers, Justin Tucker. Yeah, that was like the first of many big kicks for him. And then in the AFC Championship game against New England, where they came back looking for revenge, and, well, they were down 13-7 at the half, but they dominated the second half. They shut out New England to win by a final of 28-13. to And I remember, like, in the fourth quarter when the Ravens already had it locked up, I remember Gillette Stadium looking so empty that freaking the Ravens fans took over the stadium and they sang Seven Nation Army. <laughs> I'd never seen in a football game like an opposing team's fan base like completely take over a stadium like that. But okay, Super Bowl 47, we have John Harbaugh 
we have Jim Harbaugh, and it's brother against brother in the Super Bowl. And of course, the announcers for this game, we got Jim Nance and Phil Sims. And uh, on the sidelines, we got Steve Tasker and Solomon Wilcox. Oh, by the way, do you want to know a fun fact about this Super Bowl for me? This is story time with Greg, everybody. I actually missed like the first quarter of this game because my aunt and uncle were having like their 50th wedding anniversary on the freaking night of the Super Bowl because they thought, oh, Super Bowl, nobody's going to care about that. Yeah, and I missed the entire first quarter. Thanks, Greg's aunt and uncle. But don't worry, Greg, you didn't miss much. The action came a little bit later. Okay, so at the 1042 Bork, we had our first score of the game coming up right here. And it was this Joe Flacco 13-yard touchdown pass to Anquan Bolden. When you think of, like, in my opinion, some of the most underrated players in the NFL, Anquan Bolden's got to be right up there. He doesn't get love because he was overshadowed by Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona, but you're absolutely right. He was a really good wide receiver. But you know what my most memorable moment of Anquan Bolden is? What's that? It was a Jets-Cardinals game in 2008 where forget uh, Anquan Bolden's going for a pass and Eric Smith on the Jets lays out the sickest helmet-to-helmet hit on Anquan Bolden. Like, he literally, I swear to God, gave him like a concussion. Well, that's not smart. No. Well, here's the thing. Last year at a court show at Hofstra, when I was looking to get autographed Jets 8x10s from my brother, one of the 8x10s that I bought was an Eric Smith autographed picture of him giving one bolt of that helmet-to-helmet hit. I'm like, oh, my brother's going to like this, of Eric Smith nearly paralyzing Anquan Bolden. Oh, one thing I just noticed about the Ravens jerseys, they have the Art Modell patch. I forgot Art died that year, I think. Yeah, it was sometime in the 2012 season or during it. Yeah, I mean, he sold the team way before then, uh, probably close to 15, 20 years ago at this point. Yeah, uh, Biscotti, yeah. Biscotti, yeah, Biscotti bought it. But yeah, I can't believe it's been well over a decade since Art Modell passed. Not that he's beloved here. Oh, for obvious reasons and understandably. Yeah. Okay, so around the uh, four-minute mark remaining in the first quarter, we have the Niners getting on the board on a field goal by David Akers. Now, I always like forget about this because I always remember David Akers on the Eagles. Trying to remember how long David Akers was with the Niners for. He was on the Niners from 2011 and 2012, and he played one more year after this with Detroit in 2013. Makes sense. I'm thinking that Phil Dawson went to the 49ers around uh, 2013, 2014-ish, because he was the Browns kicker forever since they returned in 1999. And one thing I should mention, because I'm skimming through the game through the NFL YouTube channel, and one of the players on the Ravens, a New Orleans native playing this game, 
And I think if he's not in the Hall of Fame, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Ed Reed. He's in the Hall of Fame. Oh, he definitely is in the Hall of Fame and is so deserving. Well, as we're recording this, Ed Reed was going to be the coach of Bethune-Cookman, but he, like, I guess, like, had second thoughts and he, like, didn't get, he decided he wasn't going to take the job, something like that. Well, it wasn't really uh, anything with the contract that, you know, he, he like, reneged on it or anything like that. Uh, Bethune-Cookman decided not to take on the contract uh, because... Reed uh, made some comments about the condition of the school's athletic facilities. Yeah, you shouldn't bite the hand that feeds you. And Ed Reed said uh, regarding the contract not being ratified, I'm not withdrawing my name, as they say. They don't want me here. They don't want me because I tell the truth. Mm. Boy, talk about like burning bridges or or napalming them in this case. That is... That's harsh. Yeah. Well, we're done with the first quarter. It's seven to three Baltimore. And hey, second quarter, we get a good shot of Jack and Jackie Hawpaw. John and Jim's parents up in the I guess the stands here at the Superdome. Oh, also, one other thing since we talked about Bethune Cookman. Greg, you're gonna yeah. love this. What is it? You know who their athletic director and head coach of the basketball team is? Who was that? We talked about him a month ago. Reggie Theus. Oh, my God. And I, think, <laughs> and I think we may have even mentioned it during the Just Men episode that he was the head coach at Bethune-Cookman. But, yes, this is like, what, the third or fourth time we've mentioned Reggie Theus in just the last month? And we had never mentioned him before. No. But no. we also got to mention he was traded to the Atlanta Hawks with the pick that ended up becoming Ellie Gante. Absolutely correct. Could you imagine Ellie Gante playing football? He'd be one heck of a lineman. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, who needs Ezekiel Elliott playing center? Put Ellie Gante right there. You're not running through him. Oh, no. And you're probably not running around him either. Oh, my gosh. And you know how Pepsi has the rookie of the week belt? Every week he'd have, like, a good performance. He'd say, I want the belt. I want your belt. I want your belt, Garrett Wilson. (laughs) But uh, John and Jackie Harbaugh, they look like they're having a good time at the stands in uh, the Superdome. Well, of course they're having a good time. They know one of their sons is going to win a Super Bowl. Oh, yes. They can't lose. It's almost like the Kelseys right now. Their mom and dad, they love both their sons. They win either way. One of them's getting a second ring. All right, so we're 12.06 remaining in the second quarter. Now, the 49ers, they're at the uh, 24. And it's a first and 10 here for Kaepernick. So this is where the game turns right here. On first down, it's James trying to go wide. And he got away. Ball is out, and it's fallen on by Jones. 
Right over by that Baltimore bench, are they going to say they already whistled him down? The ruling on the field is a fumble recovered by Baltimore for a first down Baltimore. Okay, so the Ravens get a big fumble recovery right there. And curious enough, who makes the tackle for the fumble? Courtney Upshaw, number 91, who I believe this would have been his rookie season. Because he would have come so. from Alabama, right? Yeah, I think that was his rookie year. Well, also in their rookie year was the person running the ball, LaMichael James, who, if you remember back in like 2011, was like one of the top college running backs. Oh, but yeah. Then he, yeah, remember he like took out his ACL or something like that. Yeah, he and never he was, like, recovered. He, was, he never recovered. And he was still like drafted in the second round by the 49ers pretty high. Didn't have much of a career, but he was a name like 12, 13 years ago. Oh, in college football? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. So we're at seven. 15 around that mark here in the second quarter remaining. And Joe Flacco, he'll go to Dennis Pitta for the easy touchdown. And that puts the Ravens up 14 to three after the extra point is kicked. So the Ravens, they take advantage of that fumble and they have a 14 to three lead. But okay, here we go. It's the uh, next drive here for the 49ers. First and 10, 706 left. On first down, Kaepernick going to drop back, going to throw it, middle of the field, and he's intercepted by Reed. Reed had just tied the postseason record for most interceptions as the New Orleans native has the pick and a flag is out. Oh, and there's a scrum right here. Okay, so Ed Reed gets the um, interception in the Super Bowl in his hometown. And a stat that CBS puts right here on that interception by Kaepernick. The first Super Bowl interception in the history of the San Francisco 49ers on 170 pass attempts. And this was their sixth Super Bowl. Yes. And I think that just says how good Joe Montana was back in the day. And Steve Young. In you got to give him season. credit too. Steve Young too, yes. So, okay, we got a fourth and nine here. And the Ravens are going to kick a field goal here with Tucker. But okay, this is where it gets absolutely crazy. Because I was watching this game like before we started this. I had forgotten this happened. Because I think I came home right around the um, either the starter near the end of the first quarter. The start of the second quarter around that time from my uh, aunt and uncle's wedding anniversary. So here it is. This crazy play coming up. The right rookie to kick in the Super Bowl since Ryan Longwell. For Green Bay back in Super Bowl 32, and it's a 32-yard field goal attempt. Oh, it's a fake, and it's Tucker taking off. Tucker's running it. Short of the first. So the Niners get a big stop right there, and I got to give Justin Tucker a lot of credit. He almost nearly got that first down. That was a very ballsy move. That was a very ballsy move by John Dick. Fake it right there. But I think it's uh let's see who got the tackle right there. It wasn't Willis, I don't think. It was uh I think it's twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. So that was Dorcel McBath who made the tackle on that play on Justin Tucker. 
Okay, back from commercial break. Hey, look, it's Roger Goodell with a kid in the stands. That's nice. He still sucks. Well, duh. Oh, hold on a second. Let us not forget. Remember in the double doink game between the Eagles and the Bears? Do you remember who Roger Goodell was sitting next to in the Soldier Field skybox? I do not. He was sitting next to Alex from the Shriners commercials. Oh, jeez. So you know what we learned? Roger Goodell is a big closet fan of Buzzer. Never thought you'd hear that on this podcast. Roger Goodell, a low-key fan of Buzzer. That's a hot take if I ever heard one. Roger Goodell is a fan of Buzzer. Okay, but the Niners, they couldn't capitalize. They got a three and out right there. So we hit the two-minute warning. And okay, 158 coming back from the two-minute warning. Well, Joe Flacco and Jacoby Jones made magic in that mile-high miracle. Well, they're going to make some magic here. Third and ten. Heaves it down the field. Up on his Jones. Catches his own his back. He can get up. Jones makes the shift. Jones to the end zone. And he's in for the score. What a play by Jacoby Jones. I got to give Jacoby Jones a lot of credit here on this play. So he makes the catch. Ball's not touched. He then makes this little fake. And he goes the other way to the end zone for the touchdown. I mean, that's incredible heads up there by Jacoby Jones. So the Ravens, they take a 21-3 lead. And then the Niners, right before the end of the half, they get a uh, field goal. And it's 21-6 going into the half. And then, of course, we got the halftime show. Because... As we all know, everybody looks forward to the halftime show. And who would they get for the halftime show this year, Mike? Please say up with people. No. Oh. They got Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? If you can't get up with people, Beyonce, that's fine. And you know what? I bet New Orleans was crazy in love for that performance. Get it? Because she sung crazy in love. It's 21-6. And we're coming back to the game right here. And, well, now, Mike, Jacoby Jones, he's in the end zone. He's going to be returning this kick. Now, you'd think, after what the 49ers just saw, that, you know what, let's not even kick the ball to Jacoby Jones. We know what he can do. You'd think they wouldn't kick to him, right? Well, Jacoby Jones was always a good return person. So, yeah, I mean, that's not really a great strategy because he can bust it open. He's no Devin Hester, but he still is a pretty darn good return man. Well, I guarantee you the 49ers are not going to kick to him after what happened near the end of that. I guarantee you they're not going to kick to him. Okay, so let's see how this turns out. And later on, it was Lombardi bringing him out to the Raiders. 
Jimmy Harbaugh, that is. And this could be a run back from nine deep for Jacoby Jones. And look at him go. Jones past the 50, and he is flying inside the 20. And a kickoff return, 109 yards and a touchdown, an all-time record. Well, it would later be corrected as a 108-yard return. But holy crap. We're watching the replay of this. Like, one guy touches Jacoby Jones, and then it's just like he's off to the races after that. Like, nobody was going to catch him. Did I not say he was a pretty darn good return man? Well... But I got to say, if I had to rank like the three most impressive kickoff returns I've ever seen, this would be number three. Number one is obviously Devin Hester in Super Bowl 41. But number two, now this is going to be weird, but okay. Do you remember a game between the Chargers and the Vikings in like 2008 or 2009? When Antonio Cromartie returned like a missed field goal from the other end of the end zone. I do remember that, yes. And it was like his foot like barely didn't touch the white line and he ran it all the way back for 109 yards. That yeah, was nuts. That was crazy. I remember that. And I think that actually, hey, you know, more, well, this isn't cards uh, out of context or cards without context. But I think it was that play that made me want to try and find like an Antonio Cromartie signed rookie card. And I still have it. It's in my collection somewhere. But I do remember that. And I remember not long after that, finding it in like a $5 bin at the local card shop and then uh, just adding it to my collection. And of course, we know the other thing Antonio Cromartie is known for. Well, <laughs> we've talked about it many times on this podcast. He could field the team who could go against a team of Philip Rivers' kids. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you, Philip Rivers' kids and Antonio Cromartie's kids are going to form like a giant super team. That would be kind of weird with the jersey names. Everybody would have probably the first initial and then Cromartie or, or Rivers on the back. Eh. You couldn't have 14 people wearing Rivers and 14 people wearing Cromartie. You got to put some initials in there. Okay, so we're at second and seven with the Niners' first drive in the third quarter. And Colin Kaepernick, he gets sacked. Like, he just, it looks like he, like, someone grabbed onto his leg and Colin Kaepernick just tripped. Yeah, it looks like it's 55. I think that's Terrell Suggs. Yeah, it is Suggs, yeah. That was Suggs who, I guess, reached for the leg and then he, like, tripped or whatever. But Okay. What happens next? Here we go. Good no throw goal by Colin Kaepernick. He is going to throw this down the middle to Vernon Davis. Watch. But look at the safety is anticipated. Wait, what's going on? What? Hold on a second. What happened to Phil? Wait. No, he's talking. Wait, why is the stadium properly led? Wait, what? Oh, no. Donna Mills, what did you do? Not again. But yeah, for some reason, I 
the, half the Superdome is without power. We're looking at the Superdome with like no lights on the half side of the stadium. And it looks like a crapperly lit like video game render. Am I not wrong in thinking this? No, you're not wrong. I mean, what it looks like is like the auxiliary lights where the emergency lights are on. There's no power on that side of the stadium. Yeah. Meanwhile, the other half of the stadium is completely lit. So it was like, I remember at this part thinking, well, this is weird. And then they went to commercial. So I was confused for like, a good like four or five minutes. And then, well, you know who's here to help us through this time? Steve Tasker. Welcome back to New Orleans. This is Steve Tasker, sideline reporter for the uh, Super Bowl 47. If you're expecting to hear our friend Jim Nance, it may be a moment before he gets on. Half the power in New Orleans Stadium, the Superdome here, is out. In almost a perfect semicircle of the lights, half the stadium stayed light. Half of it went out. The scoreboard is also not working as well. And here's what happened. Okay, Moments we see ago, everyone on the field. As we watch the and then game start to proceed pretty much as normal. One big click of the light switch, and we lost power in the half of the stadium. Now. It's Okay, so let's uh let's go back to the replay right here. And there you know see right there like the big scoreboard here that has the video monitor that goes out when the power goes out along with one of the um the stat screens on the right side of the stadium while the left side of the stadium like all the LEDs and that scoreboard right there uh is completely fine. And if you're watching this, we're watching this through the NFL YouTube channel's replay of the game. So the reference point to pause it is like the one hour, 15 minute, 17 second mark. So this is the reference point here. But yeah, half the side on the left is completely lit and the right side completely dark. So then I remember. So obviously you had the halftime show. So you had the NFL today guys, which would have been at this time, James Brown, Bill Keller, Boomer Sison, and uh, Shannon Sharp. They had to do another recap show. So they basically had to do the same recap show they did. Plus the Jacoby Jones touchdown. And they had to like do this all over again while also trying to provide updates during the blackout as to when the game had to resume. So like, so this went on for like a good, like 34 minutes. And I do remember at one point now of this, uh, of the second recap show from the NFL today crew. Now I remember this very well, and this is going to be funny for later, but Bill Cower actually suggested that for the 49ers to get back into the game, he suggested Jim Harbaugh bench Colin Kaepernick for Alex Smith. And I'm thinking, like, back then, like, 
why would you want to do that? I know you're down 22. But, I mean, Alex Smith is... No. He was benched for a reason. Yeah, like I said, he just wasn't that good. Yeah. And, I mean, it wasn't like it was like a Brock Purdy situation where, like, Colin Kaepernick got injured during the game and they had to keep him playing because they had nobody else. I mean, it wasn't like Alex Smith was Josh Johnson. I mean, Alex Smith, even back in 2011, was far better than Josh Johnson in that NFC title game as the Eagles. But still, it's like, no, Colin Kaepernick got you to the Super Bowl. You might as well give I mean, if it's still that way in the fourth quarter, then you probably play Alex Smith for mop-up duty. But then it's like, if you still got a chance, why would you do that? Doesn't make any sense. After all that, 34 minutes later, referee Jerome Boger, after all the lights came back on, said to us these words. Resume, resume action. Third down and 13. Let's go. Yeah, let's go, baby. 34 minutes of waiting. Let's get back to this game. And after all that, third and 13, what happens? You think the 49ers, okay, third and 13, Colin Kaepernick is going to do something here. Now he just threw like a six, seven-yard pass. And it was fourth down. Really? Okay, so you're thinking, okay, power outage. Okay, the Ravens, they're up 22. They got plenty of time. They're going to probably just continue to route the 49ers. Well, they don't capitalize on that drive. And they have to punt it for the second time. Okay, so it's first and 10. The Niners are at the 31. And Colin Kaepernick throws this pass to Michael Crabtree. From the 31. And Kaepernick again. Zips it in there. Crabtree still on his feet and in for the touchdown. Yeah, so Crabtree went through like two Ravens defenders. And, oh, hold on a second. I know who one of them is, number 31. And I think this is the first time we're ever going to mention him on the podcast. Bernard Pollard. Now, Mike, do you want to mention what Bernard Pollard is most memorable for? This would have been 2008, I believe. He took out Tom Brady. I believe it was the first game of the year, right? First, yes. First or second game of the year? First he game of the year against out, the Chiefs. Took, yeah, against the Chiefs. Took out Tom Brady, injured him for the season, and you had Matt Castle replace Tom Brady for that season. Oh, it was a glorious year. No Tom Brady. What a greatest year ever. Maybe if we're lucky, we'll have the same in 2023. Oh, Fingers let's crossed. hope. Let's hope. Let's hope Josh McDaniels doesn't convince him to come out of retirement. Let's hope. Or Stephen Ross. But I should note, Bernard Pollard injured Wes Welker at the end of the 2009 season before the playoffs. And then he injured Gronkowski uh, in the playoffs in 2011. I gotta say, Bernard Pollard, it seemed like he had a cheat code, like Every time he touched the New England Patriots player, 
they'd get an ACL injury and be out for the season. Well, also, wait, you're forgetting another one that happened in the 2012 AFC Championship game. Okay, this is the one I forgot. Okay, what is it? He had a helmet-to-helmet hit on running back Stephen Ridley, which gave Ridley a concussion. Oh, that's great. So in the span of about four years, he took out Tom Brady and Wes Welker and Rob Gronkowski and Stephen Ridley. But yeah, Bernard Pollard was essentially a patriot killer, if you will. Yeah. Or at least maybe not a killer, but a a harmer of the Patriots. The Patriots' big players. Yes. So Baltimore, they got another three and out. And then the 49ers, they get a big kick return. And hey, Mike, who is that returning the punt for San Francisco? Number 19. Oh, that's Ted Ginn Jr. That's right. And we talked about Ted Ginn Jr. back in episode 92 in the worst Monday night football game ever between the Dolphins and the Steelers, which involved, of course, the classic moment with Cam Cameron talking about how they drafted the entire Ginn family. And well, Cam, God bless you. You tried. But no, no, you weren't going to make Miami fans happy that entire year. Oh, hold Uh, on a second. One thing I forgot about Cam Cameron. You know he was the Ravens offensive coordinator to start the season, right? Right, yeah. And then he got fired near the end of the season. And do you know who John Harbaugh replaced him with? I know, but I'd like you to say it. Okay, I'm going to say it right now. Jim Caldwell, and no, I'm not talking about the tic-tac-toe Jim Caldwell. I'm talking about the former Indianapolis Colts and Detroit Lions head coach, Jim Caldwell. Yeah, this coach, Jim Caldwell, he knows when the categories have been shuffled. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, my gosh. But no, I wanted to add about Ted Ginn Jr. Just this past year, I think this is his first year in retirement, and in retirement, He was an assistant coach on his alma mater's football team, still coached by his father. They ended up winning a state title this year in Ohio. Oh, that's terrific. Congratulations, Ted Ginn Sr. and Ted Ginn Jr. Very well deserved. Yes. Okay, so Ted, he set the 49ers up perfectly at about the twenty. And so we get this pass here to Vernon Davis for a first down. Oh, I forget how good Vernon Davis was for the Niners around this period. He was probably like one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And seriously, he could have been probably even better. Yeah. He was probably like a top five, top six, top seven tight end. But he legitimately, with his skills and size, he could have been like one of the top two or three. Okay, so... Kaepernick, he hands it off to Frank Gore for the touchdown. And now the Ravens are seeing their once magnificent lead go down to eight points. So the Ravens, they get the ball back again. It's second and seven here for Flacco. And let's see what happens here with 421 left in the third. Second and seven. Ball's out. Ball's out and fallen on by Brown. 
Rice, who had one fumble all regular season, now has his third in the postseason. I'd make an obvious joke here with Ray Rice, but I'm not. And Mike has been muted himself. He knows he is dying laughing. I'm not muted. Oh, no, I'm holding back my laughter because I know the jokes that you would say. Yes, but I'm not going to because they'd be horrible. And I don't want to be canceled. Right. We have morals. Yes. I should note, okay, before we started this episode, Mike, do you want to share with us? The ad from this Super Bowl that I showed you before we started recording. So there was an ad for Tide Laundry Detergent, and um, it had to do with a jersey, a a, a fan jersey of, I think it was uh, Joe Montana, but it was definitely a 49ers player. And this person spilled some ketchup on this jersey, and it happened to spill in a pattern that looked like Joe Montana's profile, Joe Montana's face. And <laughs> I'm sorry, it's going to take me a second to get through this. This guy got really popular and he turned his home into Montana land and people would visit it. Sort of like if uh, you know people say they saw Elvis and a restaurant or someplace and the restaurant becomes popular for a while this stain was like a 49ers haven the stain that looks like joe montana then one day the guy looks for the jersey which was framed on a wall and the jersey's gone where did it go his wife decided to wash the jersey and get rid of the stain but and i think this is the point greg's trying to make the wife in this commercial She's wearing a jersey. Now, remember, I said this is a 49ers jersey, and this is 49ers versus Ravens. The wife is wearing a Ravens jersey. More specifically, she's wearing Ray Rice's jersey. 27. They couldn't have, in retrospect, she could have worn a Ray Lewis jersey. She couldn't have worn, like, a Todd Heap jersey. She could have worn like a Kyle Bowler jersey that was in her closet for the last decade. Yeah, in retrospect, uh, this aged horribly. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, this is Ray Lewis's final game. I didn't think we mentioned that beforehand. But yeah, this is Ray Lewis's final season, and this is his final game, Super Bowl forty-seven. Boy, I hope it goes out with a bang. <laughs> Hold on. You know what I just thought of? Yeah. Do you remember that SNL TV Funhouse skit with Ray Lewis in the Disney commercial? I don't remember that. I'm sorry. Oh, you don't remember it? It was hilarious. He was in a Disney animated movie where he's in these horrible events like the shooting of Bambi's buffer oh, and the no. death of Mustafa. <laughs> the Lion King. He's like, I didn't see nothing. It's an all-star cast of Disney favorites and the Super Bowl MVP in Ray of Light. Dudes you hang with have been bad. Don't say nothing to make them mad. 
you can smile. It ain't no crime. You got the number one defense of all time. With classic Disney adventure. <laughs> oh, snap. I didn't see nothing. Ray Lewis is on the scene with all your Disney favorites. I didn't kill no motherfucking lion. I don't know who did it. We need to forget about that Simba shit. Focus on the Pittsburgh game. Okay, I saw the wildebeest do something, man. With Ravens teammate Shannon Sharp. Yo, leave the man alone. This is the best player in football. He didn't take your puppet. And songs by Elton John. And stealing all your friends is the hardest part. Take Ray Lewis home on video and Disney DVD. Oh, dear. I didn't see nothing. <laughs> Disney's way of life. Rated R. I didn't kill no motherfucking liar. Not authorized by Ray Lewis. Puff Daddy's Fantasia coming next Christmas. Nobody killed no one. He went out with a bang. He did. Because he supposedly killed two people. Supposedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Look, sure the man, he might have murdered somebody. But this is like the greatest defensive lineman in the history of the NFL. This is Ray Lewis we're talking about. Ray Lewis! Just like O.J. Simpson. But enough about that. Okay, third and seven here at the uh, 21. Kaepernick, he throws this pass right I think it's tipped here by a 29. Let's look at the replay right here real quick. Because this was intended for Gin. Yeah, got a hand on it. And probably might have saved a touchdown right there from Gin. So David Akers, he's got to kick a field goal from 39. And nope, no good. But there's a flag. So it's a five-yard penalty running into the kicker, but it's fourth and seven. So they had to redo the kick again, this time for 34. And then Akers, this time, makes the kick. And with 310 to go in the third, it's now 28 to 23. And that 29 that you mentioned on the Ravens was cornerback Kerry Williams. Okay. So we have the stat at the one hour, 44 minute, 29 second mark in the video on the NFL YouTube channel. If you pause it right here. So here's the stats they show from CVS since the power outage. 49ers, 17 points. Ravens, no points. 49ers total yards, 109. Ravens, 20. 49ers total plays, 13. Ravens, 10. Turnovers, Ravens, 1. 49ers, 0. First downs. 49ers 6, Ravens 1. So, since the power outage, it's like, I don't know what Jim Harbaugh did, but he got the 49ers, like, back in focus. And they basically now have, like, control of the game right here. So, okay, we're done with the third quarter. It's 28-23. to So, the Ravens, Flacco's got them driving right here. They got a first and goal, but they get about three plays. And Flacco can't capitalize. They can't get a touchdown. So, 
Tucker sent in to get the field goal here. And he makes the field goal to put the Ravens back up eight at 31 to 23. And then the Niners, Kaepernick has them at the 16 with about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and a second and seven right here. Second and seven. As Kaepernick pushed outside to take it off. Inside the 10, Kaepernick's in for the touchdown. Wow, did he get there in a hurry. And really, if you want one play that describes Colin Kaepernick, like his run in San Francisco, that's exactly the type of run right there. Just went in straight untouched for 15 yards. And the Niners, they're now within two. So they go for two, but nope. They fail to convert on the two-point conversion, the Niners. So with 9.57 to play, it's now a two-point game. Oh, this is sponsored in part by Fast and Furious 6. Oh, Fast that's and Furious. That's only, that's, only, that's only four movies ago. Where no, the, three movies Furious... ago, because we're going to have Fast and Furious 10 coming up soon. Th- that's what I was saying. It was four movies ago because Fast and Furious 10 is coming soon. Well, you know what, Mike? I got to share a story. I went to see the last Fast and the Furious movie about two years ago. You're not going to believe this, Mike. My movie-going experience was terrible. You want to know why? Why is that? Because there was like a blank spot for most of the movie. And they were talking to supposedly this one character. But I didn't see who this character was. All I kept seeing was like a blank spot for most of the movie. Oh, and here I thought you were going to complain that the plot to Fast 9 or whatever it was called is the same as the previous eight movies. Well, here's the best part about Fast and the Furious 9. <laughs> like, I think, like, Tyrese makes in jokes about how is it that all this crazy stuff happens and we keep living through all this. And I died laughing every time he brought it up, like, Yes! Finally, someone's acknowledging this! You're talking to a person who has never seen a single Fast and Furious movie. Well, I think we've talked about that. I'm not a movie fan. Or at least a contemporary movie fan, let's say that. Okay, let's go back here to the game. So, all right, four minutes and 23 seconds remaining. The Ravens have to kick a field goal. Justin Tucker, he gets that right through the uprights. So basically, the Ravens' offense since the power outage has been Justin Tucker. Okay, so the Niners, they get the ball back. So Kaepernick, he's driving. He's got the 49ers in the red zone, and you're thinking maybe the Ravens are going to pull off an epic choke job, and Colin Kaepernick is going to give the 49ers their sixth Super Bowl championship. So there's a two-minute warning. It's second and goal for the Niners. But Kaepernick, he throws an incomplete pass on second down. Then on third down, Kaepernick, he goes for Michael Crabtree. But Crabtree, he has the ball, but it's knocked out. And so it's an incompletion setting up fourth down. So, okay, 150 remaining. 
This is the big play right here. Do the play and fourth and goal. Walks it in the air. And you see, like, Jim Harbaugh, he's, like, complaining. He's, like, doing the holding signal, complaining that Michael Crabtree was held on that play. You don't really get, like, a good look from this angle right here at around the 220 mark. Maybe he was held. I don't know. But then they cut to Jim Harbaugh right here. And he's like, jeez. I don't know. I mean... Maybe to me, if I, I'm looking closely right here, it's like it looks like Crabtree's holding like number 22 right there. Yeah, it does look like it's uh, holding uh, on the on Crabtree. So I guess a good no call right there. So the Ravens, they're deep in their own end zone right here. Because remember, I think the uh, 49ers, they had about one timeout left. So it wasn't like they could kneel down the Ravens right here. So the Niners used their last time out, and the Ravens ran it twice. And then they got the clock all the way down to like 11 seconds. And then they called timeout. But before they called the timeout, I think Jim Nance raises this question here to Phil Sims. Any reason to take a safety here? Thinking. No, I would not. I would punt it. And now the timeout by Baltimore. Well, let's think about it. You bring up a great point. You take a safety 34-31. You punt the football. Free kick from the 20. No, I would not do it. Okay, now remember... Ted Ginn is the punt returner for the 49ers. We know what he can do. But the question that Jim Nance is raising is, should the Ravens take an intentional safety? Now, for those of you who are not well-versed in football, like the intentional safety is basically, because it's a five-point game, Like essentially what would happen would be the punter would have the ball instead of kicking it. He'd like run around the end zone a bit. To like kill as much clock as possible. So that way, either the Niners don't get the ball or the clock runs out and the game is over. Of course, boring that the punter doesn't like screw up and like accidentally fumble the ball or anything. Because then, ugh. All right, going back here, 12 seconds. So here we go. Yeah, so the punter is just running around and just gets pushed in the end zone for safety. So, okay, now it's 34-31. So the Ravens are going to punt it here. They're going to drop kick it. But there's one scenario that Nance raises before the Ravens make this punt. Now, there is this obscure rule, and I did not know about this until this game. But if you, like, call for a fair catch, like, 
you can have the option to like have the field goal kicker have like an unrushed kick with nobody defending it, the fair catch free kick rule, which to my knowledge, I think has only been done like four or five times in the history of the NFL and like nobody's ever successfully done it. From what I understand, it's like a high school rule also, but like it's not used in the NCAA whatsoever. All right. So with that in mind, 34-31, four seconds left, and the Ravens are going to punt it here. And he booms this one. That takes the fair catch free kick out of play. And it's him. Again to the 40. Still on his feet at the 50. And the Ravens have won it 34-31. And after all that, the Ravens hung on to win their second Super Bowl in franchise history, and John prevailed over Jim in the Hall Ball Ball. And Joe Flacco was named the Super Bowl MVP, going 22 for 33 for 287 yards, three touchdowns, and a passer rating of 124.2. And of course, as we know, years later, from PFT Commenter, this game proved that Joe Flacco was elite. And if you saw him earlier this year, he was still elite against the Browns. Yeah. Well, what was that win probability? 99.9%. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to talk about it either, because that game's basically the reason why Robert Sala still has a freaking job. So good, it didn't work for either of us in the end. Freaking five and two start. It should have been like three and four after the freaking... They should have lost that Cleveland game, and they should have lost the Denver game. So in reality, they should have been five and 11. And by the way, for you new listeners, I really don't like Robert Sala. Tell us how much you like Nathaniel Hackett. It's going to be really hilarious if Derek Carr ends up on the Jets and not Aaron Rodgers. Because that's basically the only reason they hired Nathaniel Hackett. Not because he was qualified, but because we might get Aaron Rodgers. Maybe. Who knows? So let's hire this guy who worked with Aaron Rodgers for no reason. Well, I will say, if it does lead to Jim Harbaugh in 2024, then maybe it was all worth it. Maybe. Maybe. Knowing both the Johnson brothers, he'll probably hire, I don't know, who's the shittiest head coach right now? Well, can we count Cliff Kingsbury or not because he's fired? He's fired. Oh, well, who's the worst? I don't know. There's so many names you could pick. Can we say Jeff Saturday? Yes, we can say Jeff Saturday. There you go. Well, as of time of recording, he's still the Colts head coach. Maybe he'll be permanent. I don't know. I don't know what Jim Irsay's doing in Indianapolis. I don't think Jim Irsay knows what he's doing. No. But, man, this Super Bowl, it was such a crazy game. You had a power outage. You had 
Joe Flacco, you had Colin Kaepernick, you had the Harbaugh brothers. What a magical moment it was. And in 2013, Super Bowl 47 was definitely a thing on TV. But Mike? Yeah? Do you want to bid on something related to this Super Bowl? Do I? All right, let's play eBay Prices Right. So, okay, this is a trading card, Mike, from Topps Triple Threads Football 2013 of Tory Smith. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, it is numbered 19 out of 27. So you are going to be bidding on the eBay Buy It Now price. So we're going to play this game range game style. I'm going to spit out dollar increments from... Like one, two, three, and then you're going to stop it. So the range is going to be somewhere along the range of $2. Okay. So you got to be $2. So you got to be within the range of $2. Okay. All right. The imaginary one's going to go from zero to about 15. Okay. So this is under $15. This is under $15. You've already helped me a ton because I was going to say 20. So that's good. Okay. All right. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Stop. Okay. So it's between ten and twelve dollars. Like that's your yes. that's your that, that's yeah, between ten and twelve. Yeah. Okay. Well, the price eight dollars and forty cents. That's not a bad price for that card. No. Look at that beautiful patch where it says CH. Look at that. It's yeah, white with the gold uh, uh, stitching on it, and then you have black there. That is beautiful. Yes. And I'll read the back here. Tory made some key grabs in Baltimore's romp to Super Bowl glory in 2012-13, particularly in a divisional playoff game at Denver. Smith caught 59 and 32-yard touchdown passes for a 38-35 victory. I love nice top card. It's a nice card. I miss Top's triple threads football. Oh. Well, at least we still got baseball. Well, that may change in the next couple of years. Yes, because Fanatics, as you know, they own tops and the license for NFL cards and NBA cards is going to be up, I think, in 2025. And at that point, I wouldn't be surprised if Fanatics slash tops made a power play to regain the exclusive rights to that, especially since, in my opinion, Panini, who currently holds the NFL and NBA rights on trading cards, they do such a horrible job. Horrible. And it's kind of funny 
one of the examples of such a horrible job that they did had to do with a player that played in this game we just saw. Oh? Bernard Pierce, he was a rookie running back for uh, the Ravens. And in 2012, I pulled out a redemption card for an autograph of his. He never turned out to be anything big, but Panini slash Donruss, that's, I think they're still Donruss. They never fulfilled that redemption card for whatever reason. He never signed the cards or whatnot. And like this past November, I got something in place of that card and it was like a nobody running back for like the Buffalo Bills like 12, 13 years ago. But it took like 10 years to just redeem that stupid card and get an even worse replacement. Awful. Well, you know, I could crap all over Panini, but sometimes they do great redemptions. Uh, like uh, I had one for an Evan Ingram autograph, a rookie card back in 2017 that never got redeemed. They replaced that just, I think, in December. And I actually ended up getting a Hall of Famers autograph out of that. I got a John Lynch. Oh! John Lynch out of 25. Really beautiful card. So you know what? Sometimes it doesn't work out that well, but sometimes they upgrade you. I know Evan Ingram, he did really well for the Jaguars this year. But you know what? He's not going to be a Hall of Famer, and John Lynch is, so I'll take it. And to tie back in, John Lynch now the 49ers GM. Yes, he is. It just all ties in beautifully. Oh, yeah, and it all ties in beautifully. Because you remember John Lynch did color commentary on Fox. And do you know who his partner was on play-by-play at Fox? Oh, my gosh. I did not watch Fox all that often. The man who will be calling the Super Bowl this year, Kevin Burkhardt. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, all ties back into this year's Super Bowl. Well, sadly, the 49ers, they won't be playing in this year's Super Bowl. Well, nor will the Ravens. Nor will the Ravens. Yeah. But in 2013, it was a memorable Super Bowl. But you know what? I figure, how about we have a haiku? To oh, honor. let's do a haiku, yes. Yes. We haven't done a It Was a Thing on TV haiku corner in a long time. So let's play the music. Oh, man. Uh, it's been a while. So here we go. Here's the haiku for Super Bowl 47. Super Bowl Blackout. Who was able to bring joy? Mr. Steve Tasker. <laughs> you know, Steve Tasker was like, this is my moment. A hundred million people are going to hear me talk about the blackout. Did you write that or did Chat GPT do that? No, I wrote that. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> well, hold on a second. Do you want to read something from Chat GPT that you made for this game? I will, but I, I need to preface this with chat GPT doesn't really follow the rules of what you ask because I asked it to write a limerick about Super Bowl 47 and limericks in case you don't know are five lines and the rhyming scheme I believe is like the first 
the second and the fifth lines rhyme and then the third and fourth lines rhyme in a different way. Well, you'll find out why this limerick is not really a limerick. I could use some music. Okay, that's cool. Maybe a little racist, but cool. At Super Bowl 47, with much gusto and flair, the Ravens and Niners took the air. The battle was fierce. Both teams had great cheer. But in the end, it was Baltimore's year. With their quarterback Flacco so bold, the Vince Lombardi Trophy, they did hold. Oh, that's beautiful. Not bad from an AI. Not no. good either, but not bad. No, it's adequate. Wow! And now it's time for the TLDR version of this episode of the It Was a Thing on TV podcast. Wouldn't it be nice if everyone had a blackout button? <laughs> this ought to do it. Oh, no. Did I do that? Episode 348. Submission 2322. How to pick up men. A.K.A. the art of meeting men. How to pick up men. A.K.A. the art of meeting men. Was a VHS tape from Cart's Video Communications in 1984. Yeah. Well, guys and gals, it's Valentine's Day coming up. And, well, love is in the air. Isn't that right, Mike? You're absolutely right, Alan Thick. <laughs> sounds like you're doing Alan Thick there. You know what Alan Thick sounds like. He's been on this podcast many times. You know <laughs> that doesn't sound... It sounded just like... <laughs> I don't know what you're on, but that sounded nothing like Alan Thick. Thicky. But all right. Chico brought this video to our attention last year. And this is from the Oddity Archive. It's from good old Ben at the Oddity Archive from his alternate channel, Archive Annex. And he uploaded the entire contents of this VHS tape from 1984. And I'm going to read the description that Ben put in this tape, okay? In short, flirt, flirt, and flirt. There, I just saved you 58 minutes. Well, that's good to know, Ben. Thank you. I showed this video in the chat for Mike. Mike, you lasted how many minutes? In the range of about six. I saw... About like four minutes, roughly halfway through this, and then I went back to the beginning and it lasted like about another two minutes in the beginning. It's it, it's it, it, why do people need videos on this? I know this is 1984; they made videos and everything, but whatever. Maybe it, 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 it was a my, they didn't take my money. I know that, but well, I don't care about men, but, and I was nine years old at the time, but um, uh, I, I'm just flustered. Well, you're going to be flustered after we're done with this. So, all right. I guess we better watch this. 
How to Pick Up Men, The Art of Meeting Men. Quartz Video Communications presents a Sarasi Video International production. Oh, what crappy-ass 80s stock music they got for this. <laughs> Look at that animation. That's even worse. <laughs> what would they do that animation on? I guarantee you it's not Video Toaster. I don't think Video Toaster was even invented in 1984. That's horrible. It's, it's really bad graphics, even for 84. Oh, yeah. And I like how the hearts light up. This is like. <laughs> and again, we get these shots of, I guess, the host of this tape through like a crappy ass filter. I can't even describe what this filter is. It's like a sepia filter almost. Yeah. Now, do you want to describe this man's hair? Imagine Burt Convy, but with a mustache. You know, Burt Convy would have been great if he had a mustache on Super Password. Wouldn't that have been awesome? And then he magically spoke Italian. He spoke Italian? It works for Peter Griffin. With Elliot Jaffa, EDD. Doctoral education. Wow. Wow. That's one step above me. Wow. What does a doctor in education know about picking up men? That's what I want to know. I guess we're going to find out. Oh, yeah. Look at these ladies. They're like, <laughs> I want to learn the art of meeting men. <laughs> I really hate eating by myself. Are there any gentlemen here who might want company? Oh, Dutch treat, of course. <laughs> Hi, I'm Elliot Jaffa, and what we're going to talk about is how to pick up men. Oh, good. The, uh, let me briefly run through my qualifications. A lot of people say, how are you qualified to teach this type of class? Yeah, how are you qualified? Uh, by training, I'm a behavioral psychologist. I'm still single. I'm still heterosexual. But Oh, um, good. I'm glad you cleared that right up. A lot of women have asked me and complained and said, I'm not meeting any good men. My girlfriends meet quality men. I never meet the right kind of men. And I would recommend something to them. I would oh? say, try this, try that. And it's something in a non-traditional way. And they would say, what are you, crazy? Soon someone would say to me, what are you, crazy? I know they like the idea. Yeah. So I would say, go out and try it. Call me in a few weeks and let me know what happens. Invariably, I would get phone calls back to say, hey, I did what you said. I thought it was offbeat. I thought it was unusual. But it worked. Now, I want to let you know this is not nursery school. This oh, good. Not it's not nursery disease. school, this Mike. It's not advanced meekness. This is hardcore. Hardcore. Now, let's first talk about the traditional meat markets. And I don't know if you spell that. <laughs> this is going to be hardcore. He's going to be talking about the traditional meat markets. Now, are we talking about the M-E-A-T markets or the M-E-E-T markets? Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. 
the meat. Yeah, I well, you, you, you're, you're trying to meet men, but, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That M-E-E-T or M-E-A-T. But let's take them one by one. How many people have been or have tried some type of organized singles function, organized singles club? Okay. How, how was it? How did you do? I didn't like it. Didn't like it. Oh. Me, I'm also same way. What I find the negatives about the organized singles club, the organized fing- singles function, is it turns into a record hop for adults. All the men are on this side of the room. All the women are on that side of the room until when? Five minutes before the function's over, the lights go up and people say, hey, we have to leave now? What do we have to leave for? But for three hours, all the men were on that side of the room. All the women were on that side of the room. So I'm down on organized singles clubs, organized singles functions, because they tend to turn into a record hop for adults. Next, let's take classified ads. Class? Wait, hold on a second. What did he say? I didn't catch it. What did he say? He said classified ads. I'm wondering if any of those classified ads are tiny classified ads. Maybe this is where Don LaPrey got his money-making ideas from. Maybe that's how Don LaPrey got a date. Who knows? He learned how to get a date by placing a tiny classified ad. The newspapers are probably one of the most popular things. The reason I'm down on advertising to meet somebody is let me just save you some money if you ever decide to run one. I'm going to tell you what the two most inane words in the English language are. Attractive and professional. Oh? You see that in every single ad. Every single ad. Every room that you walk into, everybody would agree and concur that they're attractive and professional. The next two most inane words are meaningful relationship. You see that in every ad. Yeah. People are looking for a meaningful relationship. Well, really, they're not. What you're looking for is sharing. So the only way I recommend answering ads or running ads, if you're creative, if you think you're a writer, if you like the air of mystery and delay, because you never know what you're going to get inside an envelope. Oh, yeah. Come down on ads. Now, let's talk about the bar scene. Who hasn't tried the bar scene? One woman hasn't tried the bar scene. One woman. Okay, what happens in bars? Okay, uh, Mike, you had your hand raised. I've never tried the bar scene. Yeah, neither have I. Well, I don't drink, yeah. Yeah, I don't drink, so it's not going to work for me. Well, no wonder we're single. We haven't tried the bar scene. Yeah. Hmm. Women go to bars. Watch my lips. They're not hard questions. (laughs) Why do women go to bars? To meet men. To meet men. Why do men go to bars? No, they don't go there. To look over the women women in hopes of finding a good time. Getting yeah, the men want to have a good time. The other half of that double bed, right? (laughs) Okay. Bars are not time effective or cost effective. So for you ladies to meet a prince in a bar, you're going to have to sift through a lot of toads. (laughs) Okay. The best time to go to bars is during happy hour. Happy hour. Five to seven thirty. That's when men are there just for a drink to unwind after work. Not to say bars aren't good places to meet men, to pick them up right after work. So at 7.30, get out of the bar. All right, 7.30, get the hell out of the bar. 7.30, get out of the bar. Yes. But the most important thing is in learning to Get out of there at 7.30 so you can go home and watch Jeopardy. Ladies, don't travel like a pack of nuns in a station. Uh, Excuse me. 
Get out of there at 7.30 so you can watch Wheel of Fortune. Okay, I think we can agree. Get out of there at 7.30 so you can watch Entertainment Tonight. Okay, yeah, that settles it. You can watch E.T. Because everybody wants to get home and watch Kevin Frazier. Wagon. I mean, the worst thing is to have to have a man come up to two women. And then he's going to remember which one worked here, which one lived there. That if you're going to a place together, spread out. You work that side of the room. You work that side of the room. And maybe every 20 minutes, every half hour, meet in the ladies' room to compare notes. But spread out. Now, I want to let you know that at this class, just like a lot of my classes, there's three groups of people. The first group are the people that are going to do what I say. They're going to make changes in their business lives, okay. their social lives. They're going to be successful at picking up men. Oh, good. They're the action people. Action. Oh, I love action. My second people are my water middies. They're going to sit there and say, oh, I could never do that. Oh, I just couldn't do that. Oh, my God. I had a woman sit here through an hour and a half. I thought she had, like, a respiratory problem. <laughs> Okay, they're going to laugh at the jokes. They're here for entertainment. They're here vicariously. So that's the second group of people. And then there's always one person that says, this guy's crazy, which is okay, too, because you can't be liked by everybody. Granted, yeah. there's people that, that like you. There's people that you don't like. It's okay. Not oh, like okay, that's fine. So those are essentially the three groups of people that are here at my class. But why are you ladies here? Why are you afraid to pick up yeah, men? Yeah, why are these ladies are here? Are ladies reluctant to pick up men? Well, in the society or in the culture that we grew up in, and it, nice girls don't. Nice girls don't. Right. Why else? What's the most important reason? Why are you afraid to pick up men? I think it's an element of fear. Fear of what? Rejection. Exactly. The fear of rejection. That's what oh, I Oh, I understand that. Well, I hate to tell you ladies, you've been rejected your whole lives. Mommy, can I go out and play? No. Daddy, can I have another cookie? No. No. Us guys have been hearing our whole lives. Would you like to dance? No, thank you. Anybody here looking for a job? Nobody here looking for a job? People no. looking for jobs more than likely have a whole set of resumes Xeroxed. Why? Because they know they're going to get rejected. If they were confident, they would just send one out. Even Uncle Sam's new army's rejecting people. They used to take everybody. <laughs> One of these days, God is going to give you the final form of rejection. So there's nothing wrong with rejection. Ooh. Okay? There's nothing to be afraid of. You're going to hear the word no, and it's no big deal. Now, the important thing is, is let's look at who you are. I want you to assess. Oh, good. We're going to have some reflection. Or Miss Doom and Gloom. Because let's look at the two characteristics. Miss Sunshine is a positive person. I'm upbeat. I make things happen. I'm not afraid of rejection. And I take risks. Oh, that's Mr. terrific. Loom is looking for every possible negative. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's raining out. I won't know anybody. So that's the important thing is to assess your personality as to do you go into a room as Miss Doom and Gloom or you, do you go into a room as Miss Sunshine? That's the important thing. But before we get into picking up men, let me quickly go over how to blow it. I don't want you blowing it. Yeah. Okay, the first thing, there's some nevers. Never ask a man if he's married or working steadily. Okay, never ask. Okay. okay? If right, you want to find good. out how a man is married, that's one of the biggest concerns. Yeah, how, how, do, you find out if a man's how do you find out a man's married? You can ask for his phone number to call him later. Exactly. Always ask for his home number. Oh, uh, I'm never there. Uh, you can never catch me there. Okay, if a man is telling you he's never there and doesn't want to give you his home phone, yeah, number, he's, he's probably he's hiding married. something like a wife and a couple yeah. of kids. 
So Obviously. forget looking at the ring for the ring because many either take them off or they don't wear them. But to find out if a man's married, always ask for his home number. Secondly is don't babble, 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 be self-conscious, come across as being desperate, complain. Remember, who complains? That's Miss Doom and Gloom. When you get to know him better, then you can complain. <laughs> Never interrupt. Whether the man's talking about his car, whether he's talking about his cat, just keep smiling. Then, when you get to know him better, then you can tell him to put a lid on it. But never interrupt. <laughs> so let's set up some situations in meeting men and taking it one step further. Oh, good. We're talking about situations. You're walking down the street, whether you're walking down okay, the Avenue walking down in the Americas street. in New York, Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles, Connecticut Avenue in Washington, D.C. You're walking down the street. This man is getting closer to you. The closer he gets, the better looking he gets. Oh. You have to have this man. Oh. You have to pick him up, but he's getting closer. Oh. And remember, if he passes you, it's just like a football touchdown. All he has to do is cross that imaginary plane. And if he crosses you, he's out of your life completely. You can't say, Shane, Shane, come back, Shane. <laughs> what do you do? And you don't trip him. Okay, this man's getting closer to you. How do you pick him up? How do you pick up the man? Oh, we got a demonstration. Me. I wonder if you could help me. Can you point me in the direction of the post office, please? Always pick something in the direction that he's walking, whether it's the name <laughs> of the street, a landmark. Don't ask where Ernie's Luncheonette is <laughs> or Mom's Diner. Pick something that he knows definitely where it is in the direction that he's walking. So he's going to say, Your problem is you're going in the wrong direction. The post office is two blocks in that direction. No wonder I can't find it. <laughs> yeah. And you could stand in front of the mirror practice. Oh, no wonder I'm having trouble finding it. So what you're going to do... Okay, gonna... so this is how I meet a guy? If I'm a woman? I guess? Where's the post office? Uh, you just walked past it. It's right on the other side of the street, you bozo. I, I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what he's saying, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. Like, are you an idiot? The post office is right there. Yeah, turn around. Open your eyes. I'm gonna walk along oh, with him. Now you don't know if he's walking a half a block, two blocks, or walking to Georgia. What do you do next? Uh, do you mind if I walk with you? Oh no, not at all. Hi, my name is Lois. Uh, uh, Les. Hi, nice how, to meet you. How do you do? So now the two of you know each other's names. You've touched. You've shaken hands. Again, you don't know how far he's walking. What do you do next? Ask him where he's going. Okay, you could ask him where he's going. Remember, what's your goal? Your goal is what? Let's go to the goal. What's the objective? The clothes. The clothes. The you clothes. For the clothes. Oh. And that's when you're going to suggest what? that the two of you get together. Not those clothes, Greg. One basic rules in getting together is to schedule your first post pickup rendezvous in a wide oh. open, airy place, such as an outdoor cafe, if the time of the year and the weather permit. A hotel lounge or a hotel lobby bar that has lots of plants, has an atrium that's bright and airy. Oh. Don't go to a dark, dingy cocktail lounge. No. Don't go to the most popular place in town where you're going to run into people you know who are going to say hello to you, say hello to him, and bother you. And when you're going for the clothes, say, what's a good day next week for us to get together for a cup of coffee or a drink? What did I say? Let's analyze what I said. What's a good day next week for us to get together for a cup of coffee or a drink? Next week. 
That's the first thing to remember. Next week. Not a specific date. You got just Tuesday, next week. Wednesday, Thursday. If you start pushing too close too soon, what's he going to think? Desperate. Desperate, exactly. What's a good day next week for us to get together for a cup of coffee or a drink? Nothing can be safer than coffee. That's how you go for the clothes for a post pickup rendezvous. Why? You want him to think about you for a few days. You want him to go back to the office to talk to his best friend and say, you know, I met this woman who was totally delightful. She was Yeah, I met this woman. She didn't know where the hell the post office was. <laughs> and then she asked me to walk with her, and I was like, why the hell would you want me to walk with you? If she doesn't know where the post office is, she's going to have a heck of a time trying to find the coffee shop. She was like Miss Sunshine. She was a beam in my life compared to who? The other women that I've been meeting lately. So one thing you might simply say, remember, you don't know if he ha is living with someone. You don't know if he's married. You don't know if he has a girlfriend. One thing I recommend you say is, Gilas, I don't know if you're married, engaged, or in love, but uh, would you like to get together one day next week and have a cup of coffee or a drink? Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Oh, good. Um, please. Great. Most men will like that approach. They love to be picked up. They like gutsy women. Remember, you're walking down downtown, the financial district, you're walking down the street, and you're talking, what might he ask you? Do you work down here? Or yeah, he might going? say, where do you work? And you say, well, I work right over there. You knew where the post office was. <laughs> you lied. You're one of those weird women. You're a phony. You're a big, fat phony. I almost feel like we should play uh, from Throw Mama from the Train. You lied to me. Who's this? This is Cousin Patty. He's going to be staying with us for a while. Isn't that nice? You don't have a cousin, Patty. You lied to me. So we're what, like 14 minutes in. What have we learned so far? Women don't know the post office is behind them. Uh, let's see. Do the date for next week and keep it open. Coffee, you can't lose, even though I personally don't like coffee. No, I don't either. And, and also, your date should be at some place that's well lit and has a big atrium or something like that. Yeah, like a hotel lobby. Yeah, don't go to a dive bar, right? Don't go, yeah, don't go to a dive bar. And, and apparently when he says something about the clothes, Greg thinks he's talking about taking off somebody's clothes not closing the deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I didn't know if you totally got that. Okay, I, I totally got it. I was like, oh, C-L-O-S-E, close. Sure. You know, female, you know uh, the, the female counterpart of a pervert, right? What are you going to say? I just wanted to meet you. Exactly. I saw you, and I wanted to meet you. Don't you think he's going to take that as a compliment? Of course he is. Wouldn't you take it as a compliment that the man said to you, I saw you and I just wanted to meet you? Of course you're going to take it as a compliment. So go for the clothes immediately. But if you rely on the traditional ways of meeting men, what are you going to be doing? Waiting. Waiting. What else are you going to be doing? Sitting home. Yeah. Yeah, sitting, sitting your ass. I doubt if anybody 
hear your phone's ringing off the hook or if there's a line of men outside your door. <laughs> now, okay, so let's be realistic. If you rely on the traditional ways of meeting men, you're going to be sitting home a lot. And never assume the man you see has lots and lots of dates because he doesn't. But I have seen women say, oh, he probably has a girlfriend. He probably has lots of dates. He's probably busy. Who's talking? That's Miss Doom and Gloom. She's thinking negative. The important thing is to think positive. Think positive. I want to let you know that pickup takes practice. Practice. What you learn takes practice. So you have okay. to practice just like you're learning any new skill. Okay. And the skill you're learning is how to pick up men. Yeah, Secondly, that's the title of the video, silly. Just like going fishing. Don't expect it soon okay. to drop that hook in the water. Get that hook. Get you know, that man. Bass is gonna jump on the Come on. Or Come on, man. Pound. I'm fishing for some man men. Jump on the other end. Okay, be patient. Don't be desperate. And act your age. The other thing to do is to act confident. That you're not above this, but you're totally confident. You do this all the time. This is the way you meet men. The other thing you could do to a man is always borrow something that belongs to him. <laughs> now, you ask a man to borrow a pen. A man keeps a pen in one of two places, either the breast pocket of his jacket or a shirt pocket. So you say, Excuse me, do you have a pen I could borrow? He pulls the pen out. Now, as long as you have his pen, what's he going to do? Track you down. He's going to stay with you. He's not going to say, that's a gold cross. Uh, you can keep it. I have several more at home. No, he's going to stay right there with you. And I don't care if you have to take his pen and say, let's see, milk, bread, <laughs> eggs. He's going to stay right with you because as long as you're holding on his pen, he's going to stay there. Uh, as long as I have your pen, why don't you give me your name and phone number? This is how it works? Well, this is how it works in 1984. Yeah. Me, the only pens I carry are like your 20-cent Bic pens that, you know, like every teacher has. I don't have a high-quality pen like that. I don't have a gold cross pen. I have, like, on my person when I'm at work, I have, like, a Bic pen or I have a dry erase marker well, not that I'd be picking up any women at work, but even after I get out of work, I don't generally have pens with me when I'm going shopping or running around after work. I put the pens away because I'm generally done with pens. Well, apparently this video has taught us wrong. We have to carry pens with us at all times. Well, darn it, I'm going to have to go buy one of those, like, 144-count boxes of Bic pens and just uh, stick it in my uh, work bag or something like that. I got plenty of pens I got from Office Max, like, five or six years ago in the store out here where I used to work close, so I got you covered with the pens. Oh, I've got plenty of pens right here. I mean, seriously, I've got a big coffee mug right here of pens, so I got plenty here at the house. And I got plenty at work, but I just don't have plenty with me uh, when I'm not at work or at home. All right, let's continue. Let's see uh, how this lady's going to do with this man with that gold cross pen. 
Um, it's, uh, Steve. Steve! It. Remember, it's tacky for a man to pull out a pen and ask you for your name and phone number, isn't it? But what's it look like when a lady does it with his pen? Yeah. It's a whole new ball game. Oh, a whole new ball game, baby. You can borrow his newspaper. If you see a man carrying a newspaper. Excuse me, could you tell me how IBM closed yesterday? Uh, I don't know. Oh, could I borrow your business section for a moment? <laughs> this is how it works to pick up a man in 1984. <laughs> could you tell me how Google closed today? Pull it up on your phone, lady. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't really work 40 years later. Could you please tell me who won the Cavs game last night? Go to ESPN.com, lady. Go ask Siri about it. Quit bugging me. Ask ChatGPT to write you a haiku about it. Can I borrow your movie section for a second? I need to borrow your movie section. I need to know what time Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is playing. Where's the closest theater that's playing Ghostbusters? Right next to the post office, you idiot. Oh, the feature starts in half an hour. Do you want to go with me? Sure. Oh, good. Great. Okay, I yeah. love his reaction. He's like, uh, 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 I guess? Sure. I'm still in my work attire. I'm wearing my suit and my tie. I'll go see Ghostbusters with you. Why not? See what happens. Because all you want is the smile. You want the chuckle. You want the interest. So as long as you have something that belongs to him, he's going to stay there and talk to you. Now let's talk about the number one place to pick up men. In any city in the USA, the yeah. number one place to pick up men is on the street. On the street. On the street. Pick the financial district, the business okay, district good. of any city. Whether it's Connecticut and L in Washington, DC, whether it's Avenue of the Maryland. I'm writing this down. US, this is good stuff. Any street. Pick the financial district, okay. the business district. Because between twelve and one thirty, right, twelve and one thirty. Monday through Friday. Pray that you could have the names of the men that walk by. Ooh. If you had the names of those men that walk by from 12 to 1.30, Monday through Friday, you ladies would be set for life. Oh, You're on the street, you pick a nice day, and you're going nice to say to yourself, day. well, gee, I don't work in that part of town. I work in another part of town. You know what? You ever heard of annual leave? You ever heard of sick leave? <laughs> How many ladies would call in sick Monday morning if they could meet a Superman? Yeah, just about yeah, everyone. Okay, so use some of that annual leave, use some of that personal leave, and go to that street in the city to pick up the men. That's the number one spot because they walk by. Another good place to pick up men is the supermarket. That's the supermarket. The best place to pick up men is the supermarket. Mike, do you think the best place to pick up men is the supermarket? Whoever sees anybody. <laughs> Pick up a man in the supermarket. But he does make a good point if you think about it. Because everybody's got to eat. You got to have food. 
you got to have shelter. You got to have a house, a roof over your head. I'd even say, you know, going to the department store wouldn't be a bad idea because you got to have clothes. Yeah. It makes sense. You, You need these things. Go to places where you'll find people who are buying things that they need to survive. Makes sense. Yeah. But I've never had any woman pick me up in a supermarket, so yeah, I get your point. Yeah. What age men are you interested in picking up? Mm, 35 to 45. 35 to 45. 25 to 32. 25 to 32. So how do you know when to go to the supermarket? Test it. Test it. By testing it, you're going to take up a lot of time. Best thing to do is pick a bright, big, airy, huge supermarket or a lot of single shop. Go up to a checker. Ask the checker, when is the best time to come in here to meet men between 25 and 32? When's the best time to pick what? up men? Hmm, maybe you better not use the word. Wait. No, no, I agree with you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, okay. you go up to the checker and say, when's the best time to meet a man? <laughs> now, hold on a second. I know it's been like close to 25 years since I worked in retail. And never, ever have I had anybody approach me or one of my co-workers and say, hey, when's the best time to see a single man come in here? Never. As somebody with 20 years of retail experience, I have never had that happen to me once. You've never had somebody come up to you and say, hey, when do all the single guys come in here and buy office supplies? Never. When all the ladies come to pick up their <laughs> prescriptions, they're like, when's the best time I can meet a man? Well, if they're going to pick up prescriptions, they're probably looking for older men, which is probably almost 24-7 at a, a pharmacy. Oh, yeah. When do most single men... That's ridiculous. ...and 35 shop? When do most single men between 45 and 50 shop? Ask. Ask the checker. And don't be satisfied with the answer you get from one checker. Scientifically, go to a second checker to make sure you What? Know when a to go second there. checker? They might say Saturday mornings between 10 and 12. They might say Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays right after work. So now you Didn't know. Didn't we just that. debunk that between the two of us? We have 25 years of retail experience or thereabouts, and we've never been asked, when do the single people come in here? Meet department. Wait till a man looks good to you. Pick up a steak and say, excuse me. How long are you supposed to boil this for? <laughs> That's exactly what you want to do is to get a smile, to get a chuckle out of him. Because if he looks at you like, what are you, a weirdo? Do you want anything to do with him? No. Absolutely not. So you're looking for a man who's going to smile, who's going to chuckle. Because if you get the smile, if you get, you get the, the chuckle, smile, you're halfway there. It's like being on third base, heading for home. Ooh. The unusual thing about the supermarket, it's one of the few places that when something is in your cart, it sort of belongs to you, even though you haven't paid for it. I mean, we don't go to a supermarket taking a roast out of somebody else's cart, taking the mushrooms out of another person's cart. So what you do is you pick up, go to the produce department, the second best place to pick up men. Pick up a cantaloupe and say, excuse me, you look like you know about these things. Notice how when you go to hand somebody something, they automatically reach for it. Excuse me. <laughs> I love the cantaloupe and gave it to the lady. So I guess the lady's supposed to pick up a cantaloupe and give it to the man. 
And we know what that's supposed to represent. Am I right, Mike? You're not wrong. That's why I'm holding back my laughter. He just gives her a melon. And, and we know what, yeah, yeah. We know the double entendre involving melons, yes. I'm surprised the woman doesn't just go up to the guy and say, hey, look at this banana. Does this banana look right? Is this banana big enough or is this a plantain? Did I get a small banana? Ooh. Oh my gosh. You look like you know about these things. Is this right? Now back away. What's the person going to do? He... <laughs> oh, he threw the melon at him. You're supposed to pay attention to that. So much for the kiddos. So much he for the kiddos. So much for the date. Whatever you do, ladies, please don't pick up a cucumber. No. No, no, nor a banana. But a hold on, hold on. Jack. Should you pick up a cucumber? No, 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 no. <laughs> the funny thing is what happens to us in the supermarket is you're walking down the aisle and this man's getting closer to you. And usually after he passes you, you usually think of a hundred things to say, right? And what do you quickly do? You quickly go up the next aisle and come down and kind of start looking at the shelves. And he's standing there saying, well, let's see. I wonder if she's going to buy the Pampers or the Huggies. That you're not really paying attention to where you are. So don't let him pass you. No. Meat department, produce department. And then the next thing to do is to go for the clothes. Simply say to the man, last one through the checkout line buys coffee. Most men are going to like that. They're going to like women who are gutsy. Because we're a shopping center. We're, but where are supermarkets? They're usually in a shopping center that has a coffee shop a drugstore, a fast food restaurant. We're not talking about driving back to your apartment or back to his house to have coffee. Have coffee right there. The only thing you have to do is pray that he doesn't have a half gallon of ice cream and it's the summertime. <laughs> Remember, picking up men is analogous to going shopping. That, just imagine yourself in a supermarket. You have your cart and you mm -hmm. say, oh, let's see, I need a blonde. Put a blind in your cart. Oh, I'm low on redheads. Let me take a redhead. And oh, I better pick up a couple brunettes. And you put a couple brunettes in your cart. That's what you're picking up men is. You're going shopping. So what you have to do is make yourself better than the competition. Or at least make yourself look better than the competition, both physically and verbally. Because picking up takes practice. That, just like people in sales. You want to make your product, your service better than the competition. Secondly, reveal enough about yourself yeah. to want that man to want to know you better. Oh, okay. You want to make him you want, to make want him... you. Okay. Remember, who has he been meeting up till now? Miss Doom and Gloom. A lot oh. of garbage. So you want to make garbage. yourself come across... Garbage. So the men have been meeting garbage. So if you're a lady, you have to... Be <laughs> hey Toronto Raptors announcer guy when the man meets the woman what's he gonna say about all those other women he met are you serious get that garbage out of here you know I don't think it's really good form for him to call women garbage especially since he's talking about meeting men and yeah how you're trying to look your best and whatnot and obviously these women have been passed up in the past so He's essentially saying you women are 
garbage kind of yeah. sort of. That's no, that's not good. No bueno. No. Cross as wanting him to want you. Okay, another great place to pick up men is an elevator. An elevator. An elevator is thirty square feet. They're six by five. Now, unfortunately, what most people do in elevators is this. They think the only reason those numbers are up there, so you look at them, so you don't have to talk to the people on your left and your right. But haven't you seen great-looking men in elevators that you look like you wanted to meet? The elevator is a super place to meet men. A but super place to meet men, you say? A couple things. You get on the elevator and push three. Three. And he pushes five. Five. Do you have to get off at the third floor? No. You could ride up to five with him. And when you get off, he's not going to turn to you and say, you push three. I saw you push three. You don't belong on the fifth floor. Because you can't go off to the fifth floor later and think, is he behind door number one? Is he behind door number two? Is he behind door number three? No. And you don't know if he's visiting or if he works in that building. And you can't walk into every office and say, excuse me, is there a man about six foot tall with a gray suit on? No. So you have to strike while the iron is hot. Men like women who are gutsy. One thing to do in the elevator is... He sure likes to say gutsy a lot. Excuse me, you look like you're on the way to an important meeting. Let me straighten your tie. Elevators don't have mirrors. Uh, my tie wasn't crooked. Why are you touching my tie? You ask men, ask friends of yours. Every man would love it for a woman to straighten his tie. So all you have to do is simply say, excuse me, you look like you're on your way to an important meeting. Let me straighten your tie. What do you do next? Introduce exactly. Introduce yourself. Forget the other people there. If there's four other people in the elevator, if there's one other person in the elevator, they're envious of you because you're unable to do something that they can do. Remember, those other ladies in the elevator are going to be banging their heads against the wall. Oh, yeah. They picked him up and they didn't. Get off the elevator with him. Yeah, get Excuse off the me. elevator. I saw you, yeah. and I just wanted to meet you. So the elevator is a great place. Yeah. To pick up men. And it's one of the most overlooked places, because that's usually where you see people. And forget the fact that there's other people in the mm. elevator. Whenever you see a man carrying packages. Oh, <laughs> all right, before we get to the packages. <laughs> the part about straining a tie. Never have I ever seen anybody. Straighten someone's tie in an elevator. Never. No, you're right. Never happens. No, it never happens. But apparently, I guess the elevator's where the action is. I've, I've never knew that until now. Well, you've heard the song, Love in an Elevator. That's right, yeah. yeah uh-huh. Yeah. That's how it all starts. She gets a little touchy with the tie and... Next thing you know, yeah. Oh, what if the elevator is stuck? And then, okay, you're stuck on the elevator. And then, okay, you got to, you know, you gotta have some action in the elevator. I guess if, if, if in the meantime, while, and then all of a sudden, wait a second. What's that? I really don't want to talk about it. What was that noise? I don't know. Let's get back to effing. When did this VHS tape turn into a Pulaski episode? <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So let's, let's see what we're going to see with these groceries right here. 
Can I help you? <laughs> oh, hi. Yeah. Um, you got another oh, light one? I can take a light one. Um, yeah, that's the light one there. Great. Okay. Thanks very much. Uh, awesome. my, my house is over there. Uh, oh, okay. My name's Michael. What's yours? Uh, Helene. Thanks a lot. Oh, sure. You're going to come like his nitrous and shining armor. Ooh. Ask him if you could carry one or if you have packages. Excuse me, can you grab one of these packages for me? Believe me, he's not going to take your package and run. <laughs> Ask if you could carry the package. Another great way of picking up men is on a rainy day. A rainy, rainy day. day? Get yourself a big, beautiful golf umbrella. Okay. Big umbrella. Okay. And go down again to the financial district. Go to the financial district. district. A place where there's a lot of okay. traffic. What, Mike? I saw you raising your arm. No, I'm saying a big umbrella. Big. Oh, okay. A big yeah. umbrella. Ooh. And you got to go to the financial district because that's where all the the rich men are with ties that need straightening. Yeah, they the all rich... make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, they all make a lot of money. You meet in the elevators. Hold the umbrella and wait till you see a man that looks good to you, who does not have an umbrella. Sashay up to him and say, Hi, you want to share my umbrella? But you have to carry it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh, well, sure. Ooh, okay. Oh, great, good. My name's Linda. Oh, hi. My name's Stan. Nice to meet you. Stan. Stan. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Only because I have an umbrella, I know. No, that's not true. <laughs> you want to find a man who doesn't have an umbrella, and he's going to appreciate that. Wouldn't you appreciate yeah. it, ladies? If you were walking down the street and you didn't have an umbrella and it was drizzling, if it was raining, and the man said, would you like a ride underneath my umbrella? You do the same thing. So umbrellas. The other thing you want to do is to go where men are. Where men are. Where women are going to be in the minority and men are going to be in the majority. What kind of room is a good room to find lots of men? I don't know. What's the right room? What kind of room is a good room to find lots of men? Okay, Mike, what's the good room to find lots of men? A strip club? Yes! I don't think that's the right answer. No, I definitely don't think that's going to be the right answer. Well, let's see. Right, a men's room. A, me now, oh, a men's room. Don't come across as too desperate and stand right outside the door. But whenever you go to a social function, whenever you go to a party, stand on the path to the men's room. Okay. I don't care if he came with his wife, he came with a date, he came with his girlfriend, he has to go to the bathroom by himself. Wait till he's coming out of the men's room okay. before you introduce yourself. But what did he okay. do in the men's room? For the most part, he probably straightened his tie, he looked in the mirror to see if his hair was combed. He looked in the mirror to see if he was neat, just like ladies do. So he's concerned about his appearance. So if it's a social function, a business function, meet a man on his way outside of the men's room. Now, the important thing to do is you look him in the eye. Look him in the when eye. You're talking to a man, you're looking him in the eye. As long as I'm looking you in the eye, what do I have? My attention. Exactly. Yes. I have your attention as long as I'm looking you in the eye. As soon as I glance away for a split second, what did I do? You're wondering, I, I would be wondering if you're searching for somebody else Ex and, and not interested in me. Exactly. You'd be breaking that attention. As long as I'm looking in your eye, I have your attention. Keep that in mind. Don't look at the door. Don't glance away for a split second because if you do, you just said, I'm sort of not interested. So that's number one, to look him in the eye. The second thing to do is to smile. Yeah, I learned smile. the hard way. Years ago, I was at a party with a good friend of mine, and a woman came up to us and said, how come you guys aren't smiling? 
I said, gee, I didn't know we were supposed to. She says, look at you. You have suits on. You look like you went to college. You probably have jobs. You should smile. So I said, okay, we'll smile. So I called my friend. You go over into that corner. I'll go over into this corner. And we stood there with our drinks going. <laughs> and we start smiling. Within minutes, women were coming up to talk to us. So I learned that whenever I go into a room, I have to get that smile on my face. So I might have to practice and go, no, that's not the one. <laughs> get the right smile on your face because when you walk into a room, you want to come in like that beam of sunshine. And you could play politician. You know how politicians, hi, nice to see you. Now, if you walk into a room, ladies, and smile, and just turn to somebody and say, hi, nice to see you. Okay. Who, me? Well, so that you're nice to see, they're not going to say that. They're going to assume you're talking to somebody behind them, someone next to them, someone else. But come across with the smile. So the smile is the second best thing. Okay, so... All right. So you have to... The key to picking up a man is to smile. And that's going to get the man's attention. I don't know. Would that work? I'm sort of on the same page as you. I think a smile is a good start, but I think there's some other things that need to be involved. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll find out more about these other things. The other thing you need to do is to say something, anything. It's not what you say, it's how fast you say it. Okay. And let's not say lines. What sign are you come here often, haven't I seen you somewhere else before? Let me teach you the single greatest line. And I learned this the hard way. So you remember, I had to pay my dues. Years ago, I was at a party with a lot of professional football players. You know, these guys are nine foot seven, you know, 850 <laughs> pounds. And a little milk toast of a guy comes up to me and he said, I've been watching you tonight, talking to a lot of the women. You must really have a great line. And I said, would you like to know it? And this guy's eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. I says, it goes like this. Hi, my name's Elliot. But if I were you, I would use your name. So <laughs> when you go up to somebody and I say, hi, my name's Elliot. Hi, I'm Bonnie. Finally. What did Bonnie do? Let's look at what Bonnie did. Bonnie touched my hand. We have made physical contact. So Bonnie has assessed that I'm not diseased. But 99% of the time, a person, when you say, hi, my name is, what are they going to do? Exactly. They're going to tell you their yeah. name. Yeah. At the same time you ask them their name, what do you do with your eyes? Eye contact. Eye contact. What do you do with your face? Smile. Smile. So you put the package together. You got the single greatest line okay. by saying, hi, my name is Kathy. My name is Susan. Line. My name is Diane. My name is. And you have the man's undivided attention, plus you have already made physical contact with yes. him. Yes. Now, as far as lines go, you could say anything. Whatever works for you, because what works for you is not going to work for her. What you think is corny, she's going to think is fantastic. So you could say simply, I saw you, and I just wanted to meet you. Bookstores. Bookstores? Any bookstore is a good place to pick up men. Yeah. Why? Wait till he picks up a book and simply say, excuse me, have you read his first one? And you have to pray that the person <laughs> wrote one before that book. You also have to pray that it's not the Bible he's holding. Oh, hold on. I got the perfect pickup line. Oh, uh, yes. this is for a bookstore. Okay, yeah. Yes. Excuse me, sir. Is that Moby Dick? <laughs> <laughs>
I'm not touching that. No, 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 no. But what you want to do is simply open up the conversation by saying, excuse me, did you read her first one? Get the conversation going. Because if you both have interest in whatever that subject might be, even if you don't have interest in what that subject might be, at least you say something. It doesn't matter what you say. It's how fast you say it. And the same thing goes for a liquor store. Pick up a bottle of anything and say, if you're looking for a 64 uh, Moulinex, if you don't know French, if you're looking for a 64 uh, red wine, this is as good at half the price. It gets their attention. And then hand it to them. Because as you hand somebody a bottle of wine, what's he going to do? Naturally reach for it. And he's holding something that sort of belongs to you. <laughs> so he's going to stand there. He's not going to put it down and walk away. So picking up a bottle of wine in a liquor store will always be a good way of picking up a man. Restaurants. We all hate eating lunch. We all hate eating dinner alone, but we find ourselves doing it. When you're in a restaurant, one thing you could do is say to the hostess, I really hate eating by myself. Are there any gentlemen here who might want company? Oh, <laughs> I really hate eating by myself. Are there any gentlemen? <laughs> that wasn't what I was going to comment on. I was going to comment about the liquor store. Just you know, go up to a woman. Hey, do you enjoy this Mad Dog 2020? <laughs> Just like the worst, like malt liquor. Hey, have you tried out this 40 of this malt liquor? No, no. Yeah, you, you have to go for the expensive stuff. Have you tried this? Uh, this uh, champagne, this Dom Perignon, or this, you know, this is really expensive beer. You can't go up to them with like, oh, hey, I've got this this swill, this this malt liquor that's a buck for 40 ounces. No, I don't think that's going to work. But yeah, uh, where do the men sit in the restaurant? Oh, my gosh. One thing. Yeah, let's play this again. Hostess. I really hate eating by myself. Are there any gentlemen here who might want company? Oh, Dutch treat, of course. <laughs> Ask the man if you could join him as the hostess is showing you to your table. Turn to two men and say, Excuse me, gentlemen. I hate eating alone. May I join you? <laughs> like, what? Hey there. I don't want to come between you. Or do I? <laughs> That's awful. That's awful. Okay, so let me cue it up on the video. So if you pause it at the 3440 watch mark, the reaction of this guy right here is like, he's looking at the other guy like, did this lady just say what I think she just said? Mentally, you can see he's saying, jackpot! Jackpot! Yeah, he, he knows he won. Oh, yeah. He hit the super jackpot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> he hit the target number. <laughs> Never oh, thought no. you'd hear a double entendre involving jackpot. Didn't know the target number was 69. I'm sorry. Nice. Well, uh, sure, sure. Please sit down. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Uh, uh, my name's Steve. Hi, I'm Eva. Hi, and this is, this is Howard. Hi, nice to meet partner. you, sir. We work at the law firm down the street. Oh, I'm not interrupting, am I? Oh, no, no, not at all. Uh, you just... Have you ordered already? Uh, yes, yes, we have. Uh, the, the seafood's very good here. Well, maybe you can recommend something for me. I've never eaten here before. Because when you eat lunch or dinner by yourself, it's 20 minutes a half an hour. But when you eat with somebody else, you'll have another cup of coffee, you'll ha engage in conversation, and you'll stretch it out to 45 minutes or an hour. How about lines? Don't we all wait in lines? Oh, yes. The bank to get into the movie, the oh, restaurant, the yeah. check out in the supermarket. And what do we all do? We all have that type A behavior where we look for the shortest line. Look for the best looking man. Wait until he gets in line, then you fall in behind him. Because if you're gonna wait five minutes to get on the airplane or ten minutes to get into that movie theater. So just wait for a hot guy to, to stand in line. You, and then you stand in line. Lady. So before you get in that line, wait five extra minutes until a man who looks good to you gets in that line. Then fall in behind him. Okay. Another great place to pick up men who travels in their job. Okay, airports. Airports are fantastic that when you go to get your boarding pass, they ask you one question, only one question, which is what? Smoking or non-smoking. Exactly. Smoking or non-smoking. This does not apply say. in 2023, by the way. Next to the best looking man on the plane. And if he's not but here, in 1984, this would. Next to me for him. <laughs> yeah. Because whatever adjective you want to use, the best looking man, the most intelligent looking man, the most witty man, whatever, fill in the blank. Because if you're going for an hour flight to Chicago, a transcontinental flight, a European flight, better you should be sitting next to a man who looks good to you than next to some other man who's reading an annual report, a little child coloring. So let the person at the ticket counter know who you want to sit next to. It's okay to wait for your American Airlines flight in the United Airlines. In TWA, they will let you sit there. So. You see a man who looks good to you at Northwest Orient, sit there, talk to him. He says, oh, are you going to Minneapolis too? No, I'm going to Dallas. Dallas? Well, I'm on TWA. Well, why are you sitting here? He says, well, there were no attractive men over in the TWA. <laughs> He's going to take that as a compliment. So believe me, American will let you wait for United Flight and American. So, so in 1984, the airlines will be like, Okay, you want to go to like another airport terminal and hit on a hot guy? Oh, okay, I guess. Again, doesn't really apply to twenty twenty three. No, does not. But if you had a time machine and went back to nineteen eighty four, I guess this works. I guess. Something else too that I finally figured out. They've always scheduled me with breaks at O'Hare or at Atlanta. And at first I resented it because I wanted through flights. But on a Friday afternoon, O'Hare and the Atlanta airport, the whole world goes through. There's loads of good-looking men in the airports. So oh. you could just schedule a flight four hours hence and just keep working okay. the whole airport. Yeah, you give yourself a big enough break to do a little moving around. Another thing, remember also at the airport, what do we usually say? We usually say to people, watch my stuff. <laughs> right? <laughs> No one's going to go through your stuff. It's not like soon as you go to the ladies' room, soon as you go to buy a magazine, that there's somebody going through your baggage. <laughs> but we always feel comfortable by saying to someone, watch my stuff. Find a man who looks good to you. Say, watch my stuff. Buy a pack of mints. Go to the ladies' room. Get a drink of water. Come back. 
thank the gentleman for watching your stuff. You can have fun with them and say, um, you didn't steal anything, did you? You didn't take the gold out of there, did you? Again, now I feel grateful. Would you like a mint? Start talking. And one of the best things to always ask a man immediately as soon as you meet him is for his business card. Most people have business cards and they use them mainly for pleasure. And the company they work for gives them a thousand business cards and they use them more for pleasure than they do for business. So here's some business cards. You have a man's business card. You have a collection of business cards. What do you do? If you have a man's card, okay. use it within three days. Oh. Now, ladies, one of the complaints I hear all the time is, what happens? Why do men ask for ladies' phone numbers? They never call. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Guy takes down my number and he never calls. If you don't you call within three days, you should just take that card and throw it away. It, like, automatically disintegrates. <laughs> so collect men's business cards. Call them within three days. and Call, call them within three days. Call them up and say, hi, Bob, this is Kathy. Who? If he says who and doesn't know who you are, forget it. <laughs> Throw it out. Bob, I wonder if you could help me. I see that you work for IBM. Um, maybe you could help me or aim me in the right direction. Where can I get a copy of their annual report? Oh, hold on. I'll put my secretary on. Forget it. <laughs> He's got no interest. Oh, I can get you one. You can? Yeah. Then listen. Does he want to meet you for lunch? Does he want to mail it to you? Does he want to bring it to you? Does he want to meet you somewhere with it? So by having a man's business card, works wonders. Now, how many of you ladies have business cards? Okay, so about half of you do, half of you don't. And let's see what's on somebody's business card. Sometimes, not to say there's anything wrong with your occupation, but you might think about getting another business card made mainly for picking up men. So, so you have to, if you're a lady, just make your own business card just for the purpose of getting men. Just for the purpose of getting a guy. Well, my takeaway, I just got my first business cards ever about a month ago. And I haven't given any of them away. They're sitting in my living room. And given the situation he's talking about, I can't just see a woman saying, oh, I've got this guy's business card, the guy being me, and saying, oh, I need to call up the guy who's a teacher and just ask him a random question. Oh, uh, hey, yeah, I, I ran into you the other day and you gave me your business card. Can you tell me what the square root of 169 is? This doesn't work when you're a math teacher. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it does work in other circumstances, but Kat not in mine. Yeah. Consultant, it's a little boring. Systems programmer, a little boring. What I want you to do is start collecting business cards. Anybody, men, women. Find the right color you want, the right texture, the right printing. Now you're going to go to a printer and have them print you some cards. Cards aren't expensive to have printed up. Remember, the first question people ask when they meet is what? Where do you work? What do you do? That's why you need business cards. So rather than saying, I'm a teacher, I'm a programmer, I'm a salesperson, not to say there's anything wrong with those occupations, simply say, I'm a brain surgeon. <laughs> now, if you were a brain surgeon, what would you be calling yourself? 
a doctor, what else? A neurosurgeon. A neurosurgeon, exactly. So when a man says to you, what do you do? You say, I'm a brain surgeon. No, you're not. You reach in your purse, give him a business card. Kathy Jones, brain surgeon. <laughs> no job too large or too small. Daytime, nighttime, Saturdays too. Right? There's a sense of humor. And that's all it is for, is to get the icebreaker to get the smile on his face. Now here's a card from a, a woman. It says Kathy with her phone number. Long walks, good conversation, movies, concerts, dining out, sincere. And the purpose was just to give to men because it has her name, it has her phone number, her interests are on there, and she chooses who she wants to give it to. So whether you have a business card or not, I recommend that you have another one made just for picking up men. Other props. Props are so much fun to pick men. Props. For example, a camera. You don't even have to put film in your camera. Oh. You could be like Alfie. If you remember the movie Alfie, he never had film in his camera. Go to a place where there's a lot of men walking by okay. and look for a sign, a picture, a store, a statue, something that you would like to have your picture taken next to. And you say, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Would you mind taking a picture of um, my dog and... <laughs> I wonder what the dog is thinking, Mike. Honestly, when I looked at that dog, I thought it was a stuffed dog. I thought it was like taxidermy. <laughs> the dog doesn't look like it's moving. <laughs> Maybe it's such a good actor. It was told. Oh, hey, hey, stay. You're doing a good job. Stay right there. Stay right there, dog. It's like, I get faded. Maybe another thing they could do with the camera. Could you take a picture of me in front of the post office? I can't find. <laughs> it's right around. Turn around. It's right behind you. Can you take a picture of my dog in front of the post office? Yeah, I'm a dog. I'm just busy right here. I'm just staying right here. My tongue. <laughs> okay. I got another question about the dog. <laughs> What's your question? Sorry, this is killing me. The dog, why the heck is the dog on the ground? Why is the dog like three feet above the ground? The, the dog is sort of like on this 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 stoop or this porch, or or actually it's it's like a uh, edge of a garden. Who puts a big dog like that up there? I'm so I'm sorry. There's just too many <laughs> stupid questions here. Yeah, you guys just want to think it's up on the I don't know. Hold on, I got an idea. Benevitals, come over here if you're awake. <laughs> Benevitals. Okay, she's coming, I think. All right, get up here. Come on. Come on. Benevitals, get up here. Come on. Come on, Benevitals, get up there. Come on, get up. Come on. Uncle Greg wants you up here. Come here. Yeah, uh, get up here. Get up here. I can't get up there. Okay, so Benoodles gets up here on the desk. It's like three or four feet high. Am I actually going to have somebody you know, in, in the house be like, can you take a picture of me with Benoodles just sitting on top of this table? It just it doesn't make any sense to me. I've never really had any cats where, where, where I've said, you know, can I have someone take a picture of me with the cat? With a dog, yeah, but I, I don't think there's much difference between cats and dogs. Just it's just 
I'm still fixated on the dog. I swear that dog is a stuffed animal or a, a taxidermy. It, it's actually a, a deceased dog that uh, is being used as a prop. Maybe it was like one of the first things that Chuck tested taxidermy. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I can't figure you out what's a taxidermy, you dumbass. I don't know why my impression of the dog sounds like Stu Hart. I want to go on. I want to see if this dog is alive. <laughs> well, it's made in 1984. Of course it's not alive. <laughs> go compared to being a stuffed dog. Okay, doggy, snap out of it. Let's see. And me? Oh, no. no. Oh, it's all set to go. I think it's all. Okay. The okay. dog's not moving. Oh, there. The dog just turned its head. Okay. You ready? That dog's a good actor. Okay. okay. Look at the camera. Yeah, yeah, and fire. Uh, okay. oh, well, uh, good job, Brenton Tin. His name is Boaz. Go ahead. Oh, oh hey, hold on. Boaz. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, let me take one of you real quick. Okay? Okay. okay. His name is Boaz. Go ahead. Oh, oh. yeah. Boaz. <laughs> oh, great. That's cute. Take his head off. What do you need next? You need his name and address to mail it to him, so you say... Why don't you write down your name and address, and I'll send you a copy. Sure. What a darling. Yes. Mail him a note saying, it didn't come out, you broke my camera. (laughs) (laughs) But I would like another chance to try again with your name and your phone number. See what happens, because if he calls you, what's he telling you? He's interested, exactly. How many people here have a dog? What kind of dog do you have? A mixed breed. A mixed breed. German Shepherd Husky. German Shepherd Husky. Terrier. Terrier. Don't people like to pet your dog? Oh, yes. Again, go to a spot in town, wherever it might be, where there's a lot of men. Sit down with the dog. If you don't have a dog, borrow a dog. Any dog owner will let somebody else borrow their dog. The important thing to remember is to get a dog that will not take somebody's hand off, okay? Take the dog, find a place to sit. Oh, my, what a cute dog. Oh, thank you. Hi, boy. Hey. Hey, Hey, let's just sit down there. Hey, Hey. sit down. He's very cute. Boaz, eh? My name is Brenda. Hi. Hi, my name's Harold. Oh, nice to meet you, Harold. Hi. My next-door neighbor when I was a kid had a dog a lot like this, same colors and everything. They're going to tell you their whole life history with dogs. But dogs That's good. are one of the best props to pick up men. Yeah. And again, if you don't have a dog, borrow one. You'll see Bar- the results that you get. How many people here like to go to parties? Everybody. Is anybody going to a party in the next Okay, week? before we go to a party, okay. I'm going to say this. If I asked my brother, Hey, Matt, can I borrow your dog? So that I can pick up a woman. You know what my brother's reaction is going to be? No! I should note that my brother's dog is at my house this week. So my brother's dog is actually sleeping in the den. Maybe I should go to like a park. Well, actually, no, I can't because it's cold as hell this week. Because I think the degree is like 20 degrees all week. 
But if it wasn't, I'd be going to a party like, hey, look, here's my brother's dog. It's three feet on the ground. Do you want to take a picture with me? And the dog. (laughs) And we still got like 14 minutes to go. Week or two or three. And if I said to you, can I bring a friend? Can I come? Yes. Can I bring a friend? Yes. What you do is whenever you see a man that looks good to you, simply say, some friends of mine are having a party next We're having month. a big party. <laughs> write down your name and address, yeah, and I'll right. have them mail you an invitation. Is good. there anybody who wouldn't write down your name and address? You didn't ask for anything. Some friends of mine are having a party next month. Write down your name and address, and I'll have them mail you an invitation. Now, you don't have a party to go to. A month goes by. Finally, two months go by. Someone invites you to a party. Oh, thank heaven. Can I invite another guy? Oh, sure. Next thing you do is go to the card store and buy the best party invitations you could find. Ooh. The real fancy ones, the real expensive Good. ones. And send them an invitation. Just fill in the blanks, the date, the time. <laughs> and then you write, Dear George, this is the party that I told you my friends were throwing. Feel free to bring along a friend. Kathy. He gets this invitation. Okay. He thinks everybody got the same invitation. Yeah. He's not going to walk around saying, did you get an invitation like this? Did you get an invitation like this? No, he just, you automatically assume everybody got one. It's not like getting a Xerox sheet of paper that says George's beer bus with the directions. No, what you're doing is he thinks everybody got this fancy invitation. And hopefully he'll come. And if he doesn't come, call him up. But there's a high probability, not only is he going to come, what's he going to do? Bring a friend along with him. Oh, if you meet a guy oh, he says he he's going to bring a friend. He's married if he's living with someone. Don't let that deter you because he has friends. So to say, do you have any single friends who are as attractive as you, as witty as you, as intelligent as you? So that's the important thing of marketing, that just because a guy is married or a guy is involved, he may have friends yeah. as qualified, as attractive, as intelligent, as witty, that would become your new best friend. So don't be afraid to ask. Don't get scared because if I saw you and I got your name off of your credit card or off of your baggage tag and I called you up and I said, would you like to get together? And you said, gee, thank you for the compliment, but I'm dating someone. Well, I'd say, gee, Bonnie, do you have any single friends that you think I might get along with? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is a woman who works with me. There is my next door neighbor. So don't let the fact that a man is involved be a deterrent. Find out who he knows. Find out who... He has because he's got access to a network. He probably has knows more men. Another great way to pick up men is with a reporter's notebook. Go a notebook. Store. A reporter's notebook is a thin a no- notebook. A so, notebook. Not just a, a notebook, a reporter's notebook. A reporter's notebook. This is good advice if you're Lois Lane. You're trying to get that big scoop about all the single guys in town. Oh, yeah, baby. All the single men in town. I'm a reporter for so-and-so newspaper. Do you want to tell me where all the hot single men go? This is so stupid. Walk up to a man and say, Hi, excuse me. I'm doing an article on pickup lines. I wonder if you could tell me the most unusual line that a woman has ever used on you. <laughs> Um, well, I, I guess it was uh, when the woman came up to me and said she was doing an article on pickup lines and what was the most unusual line I'd ever heard. 
He's not going to ask you for press credentials. <laughs> he does. You could work for the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, the Miami Herald, whatever. I'm a freelance writer. Ask him for the most unusual line he's ever heard. Write it down. Ask him his first name and his occupation, just as if you were really doing a story. Then say, you know, Ben, I have been doing this for an hour now. I could use a cup of coffee. Would you join me? I mean, seriously. Uh, <laughs> gee, well, I've got a, got a couple minutes, I guess. Okay. So, sure. Why do you join me for a cup of coffee? Another way of picking up men. What kind of questions do we have? Pat, what kind of questions do we have? <laughs> I have a question. Um, sometimes I meet a man and I'm not sure if I want to pick him up, if I want to go to the, for the clothes. I, I want some time to think about giving him my number and so forth. What do I do? Ask him for his card. You'll meet men. You're not sure if you want to go for the clothes. You're not sure if you want to invest the time for a cup of coffee or a drink. Mm -hmm. Say to him, this is a busy week for me. Why don't you give me your number and let me give you a call next week? Oh. Haven't men been doing it to you through your whole life, saying, give me your number and I'll call you next week? Yeah. How can you make sure when you, you pick somebody up like that on the street that what you've got is somebody that you want to see more of and that you don't have, say, Jack the Ripper that you're giving your, your phone number to? All right, the question is a good point because how long do you have to know somebody when you size somebody up? In five minutes, you're going to have a handle whether or not you want to spend some time with them. And that's why I suggest a bright, outdoor, airy place for a cup of coffee or a drink. Because when a waitress comes by and says, can I get you a refill, you say, gee, no, thank you, I have to be going. So you're not stuck with a whole evening and expectations? No, the first time you meet the guy, go for the 20 minute, the 40 minute, the hour cup of coffee or drink, rather than investing the whole evening. I mean, if this guy's taking you to dinner and then going to a movie, and in a matter of minutes on the way to dinner, he brings up something touchy and says, I hate kids. And you got three of them. Oh, no, that's a deal breaker. You got two of them. I mean, he just flunked. And there's no way for him to redeem himself. Yeah. And you're saying, oh, I'm no, that's with it. You're dinner and then a movie. So better you should start off for a 20-minute cup of coffee. Yeah. Or for just 20 minutes is good drink. enough. Because you know it's going to be over. Yeah. And in that amount of time, you should be able to get a handle as to see if you like this guy, if you want to spend mm -hmm. the time with him. Yeah, Elliot, I was wondering what you believe is the best way for a woman to tell a man if she doesn't want to go out with this person that asks her out, what's the nicest way to say no to a man that asks you out that you don't want to go out with? Okay, he calls you up on the phone or is this in person? Uh, calls you up on the telephone. And this is the first call? Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for an answer. What have you been telling him? You've been lying? I've been telling him you have to wash your hair, you got laundry no. to do. No. You've been out every night this week. Your roommate's mother's in from Peru. <laughs> I haven't used any of those. You haven't used any of those? No. I think the main thing is to be honest with him, is to let him know I really appreciate the invitation, or thank you so much for thinking of me. However, now, what's the however? You could tell the white lie and say, however, I am dating someone, because that'll back him off. That's the little white lie, which we've all told. You could say, you know, I really appreciate the invitation. However, um, I don't think the chemistry's there. And I really wouldn't think it'd be fair to take up your time when you could be going out with other women. I wanted to ask, once you ask a guy out, who pays for it? Do you automatically, should I, if I ask the gentleman out, should I automatically expect to pay for it? Or how do you handle that? Yeah, I think he, the person who does the asking should pay for it. That if you called up a man and say, I have tickets to the theater, 
don't expect to stick him with the tickets or say, would you like to go to the theater? Don't expect that he's going to pick up the tickets because, one, he didn't choose the play. He didn't choose the concert. On the other hand, if you're talking about a drink or a cup of coffee, go in expecting to pay for the date. He may, in turn, say, let me get the check. When a waitress brings the check, he may not be able to deal with the women's liberation. The women can pay her own way. He may reach for well, I've I've been on maybe like one or two dates, but I've I've never dealt with like a situation where it's like where somebody pays for it. I mean, it's I don't know. Well, I think generally the woman does not pay on the dates. Now, on every date that I've ever had, I always pay a hundred percent of the bill. That's just me. I know some people have said, hey, let's go you know, halvesies and whatnot. But I've never had a woman say, no, I'll pick up the whole tab. No, I, I think the, the chivalrous thing to do is is pay for the whole thing. Yeah. Or, again, that's up to you to say, this treats on me. Men love it. Or let me pay my half. Men like it. Other men will be threatened by it or feel that's not the way it's supposed to be. They'll insist. But go in, the person who asked, because suppose a man asks you out and says to you, uh, let's see, you had the hamburger, the uh, French fries, the coffee, let's see, the tax. The t You're going to think that's tacky, correct? So go in expecting to pay for the whole thing. If he insists, then it's up to you. Okay, now that we've been talking, what do you do with all this? You have to decide what to do. I want you to practice for one month. Picking up men. one month just for practice, not for keeps, just for practice. Okay, now practice. you have to be concerned if you have any fears and what those fears are. Is it the fear of success or is it the fear of failure? Because most people think it's the fear of failure. You might be concerned whether it's your new fear of success because what might happen? You may be picking up men left and right. You may become like one of those Chinese acrobats. You know how they spin the plates. And when you get down to this end, you have to move back to the other end. You may have more men than you can handle. So be careful. More men. you're looking for is one good Just one. Just one good man out of the many men. Now, what do you do with a man? You go out with him. You pick up a man. And he's just not for you. Haven't we all faced yeah. that? Yeah. You go out with a man. Nice guy. Not for you. Maybe for somebody else. Don't dispose him. <laughs> Don't dispose of them. Here's what you do. Say to them, you know, I think we should have a party. That obviously you're a nice person, you're a nice guy, but gee, the chemistry's not there. Yeah, yeah, Maybe you felt the same way. Yeah. But I think you're a super guy. Why yeah. don't we have a party? A party. I'll invite ten ladies and you invite ten men. All the men will bring along a bottle of wine and all the ladies will bring an hors d'oeuvre. So now what you're getting to do is to meet ten of his friends. You know, a lady did that, and I called her up to, to check on something, and she said to me, Elliot, um, I got married. I said, you did? She said, yeah, I did exactly what you said. It's your pickup class. I says, what was that? She said, I met a guy. We decided to have a party. He invited 10 men. I invited 10 women. I met a guy there who was a doctor. I said, well, tell me about it. She said, well, we went out on Thursday. We spent the weekend together. We got married the following week. Oh, now, I can imagine this conversation with her mother. Hello, Mom. Hi, this is Jeannie. Yeah, I'm getting married. How long have I known a guy? Let's see. What time is it? Okay, I got a question. I highly doubt that 
anyone would have like ten single men if I was me. I wouldn't know ten single men to invite to a party, and I don't think a woman would invite ten single women to a party too. It's a different era and just different like social mores. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm thinking if you look back at like the 70s and 80s, more to the early 80s, if you will, having like swingers parties and stuff oh, the, like those that, were common. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot more common, and I don't think that's as commonplace nowadays. So I think that's where maybe the the difference is. Okay. But yeah, I mean, honestly, if, if somebody said, yeah, do you want to invite 10 of your male friends? Yeah, I, I've got 10 male friends, but I think that would be kind of awkward. Techniques work. All you have to do is take the risk, try them. You never know what will happen. Remember, you're going to practice for one month. If you need to review this cassette, review it, watch it again, but don't procrastinate. The important thing is that there's lots of men dying to get picked up and you're the lady that's going to pick them up except you're not going to pick them up sitting at home you're not going to pick them up if you don't go out you have to open your mouth up you have to use your sense of humor expect to get rejected because you will at the same time expect to get accepted because you will because you're the one who's miss sunshine you're the one who's going to pick these men up left and right one good one at a time is all you're looking for and no lady has too many men in her life, do they? So for one month, just for practice. We're not doing it for keeps, just for practice. You're going to have lots of successes. You're going to have some failures. Mm. If you have some successes, at the end of this tape, there'll be an address. Tell me your successes. Okay. Lots of people have used these techniques. There's been lots of marriages. That's what I want to know about. So tell us what yeah. happened. Tell us of your successes. Invite us to your weddings. <laughs> okay, that's that's the tape. It just ends that way. So, okay. Um, so, Mike, what did we learn from this tape? Flirt. 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 And, and flirt. And flirt. And apparently, you know, put your dog on a three-foot ledge to have your picture taken. And, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and apparently, you know, go to the produce department and, and, and ask for a guy to check out your, your melons. And please don't ask the the man to inspect your zucchini or your cucumber or your bananas. Yeah. And also... Another thing we learned is the post office is right behind you, you dumbass. Yes. Well, Greg, one thing that I've been doing uh, during this video is I got curious about what happened to Elliot Jaffa. Okay. Believe it or not, he's still with us. Oh, good. Yeah, he's, it looks like he's in his early 80s, and it looks like he's actually still working. Oh, that's fantastic. 
According to his LinkedIn page, he has been a behavioral and marketing psychologist and consultant since 1980 in the Washington, D.C. area. So if you're in Washington, D.C., uh, specifically it looks like Arlington, Maryland, he's in that area. But yeah, he uh, looks like uh, looks like he graduated uh, with his bachelor's degree in 1961. Maybe it was 65. Maybe he started in 61 because I see a 65 date here. So he's probably, yeah, like I said, 80, 79-ish. Uh, and actually, yeah, he might be actually 78 because another link I have here talks about a marketing psychologist from Arlington uh, who taught an ed adult education class. And uh, the picture is of him. I mean, you can look at the picture and same guy, a little bit different hair, obviously gray, no mustache. But you can see the physical features of Tim. So he's still around and he's still working. He's still doing his craft. And uh, he isn't just doing uh, adult psychology or consulting like I talked about. He's done a lot of work with special ed teachers, it looks like. Oh, and look at the, yeah, one of the actors in this, they credit Boaz the dog. Boaz the dog. He got a credit. That's nice. Boaz the dog got a credit. Restaurant location, courtesy of the pot shop in Roslyn, Virginia. Okay, I'm looking to see if that's still around. Hold on. Roslyn. I love that there's a restaurant called the pot shop. All right, hold on. Let's see. Uh, no, it's just bringing up uh, like pawn shops. Oh, there, there, there is no restaurant called the pawn shop. Well, type the pawn shop in Rosalind, Virginia. Yeah, I, I, that's why I typed in. I typed in the pawn shop, Rosalind, Virginia. Yeah, there, there's no pawn shop right. Well, let me see. Well, hold on. Let, I let got me... it. Hold on. I, on the Google, I got a result. From a 1995 article from the Washington Post about the pawn shop. I doubt it's still with us, but at least in 1995, it can assure you that according to the Washington Post, the pawn shop still existed. Well, that's only 11 years after this video came out. Yeah. I bet you in 1995, that was the big hangout to meet all the men at the pawn shop. Oh my gosh. Now hold on. I I'm sorry. I have to say this. Yeah. At the pawn shop restaurant, do you have like Rick Harrison there saying, Well, I, I can't get you a, a really good man that makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. The best I can do is I can give you this kind of ugly looking guy who only makes twenty eight thousand dollars a year. Does he like haggle you down to like a really, really bad man? He, he sort of ruins your dreams. Oh, hold on. Look who did the music for this. According well, to the I don't think it's that. I don't think uh, it's Oh, yeah, it's one. definitely not that. But think about it. Could you imagine if that Jerry Garcia did the music for this? That would be absolutely amazing. That would have been absolutely incredible. But I highly doubt he'd have this crappy ass synth, uh, thing or whatever the hell this is playing over the credits. Uh, oh, oh yeah, the, this yeah, the '80s synth. That's definitely not a Jerry Garcia thing. 
But just remember, this has been a production of Shirazi Video International, Washington, D.C. Well, Ben was right in the description of this. In short, flirt, flirt, and flirt. And you know what, Ben? You didn't save us 58 minutes. Sorry. But you know what this VHS tape gave us? Boaz the dog, number one. Oh, yeah. Boaz the dog. He is now part of the show whore. And we learned a lot about how you meet men, how you have to go to different places to meet the man of your dreams. And in 1984, this VHS tape was a thing on TV. If you sold out the $19.99 or $29.99 or whatever it was. Oh, it. It, this was 1984. I bet this tape had to have been 50 bucks. At least 50 bucks. But, of course, you can always go to our website at itwasathingontv.com where you can listen to the 347 episodes that preceded this. We're on all social media except for Facebook where, unfortunately... We gave a lady the wrong address by accident. And I don't know what happened. We lost at it was a thing on TV on Facebook. But we decided, you know what, we got to get at it was a thing on TV podcast so we can try to impress the ladies even more. Because if we put podcasts in there, that's what's really going to get the ladies attracted to us as podcast hosts. But. You can also find our episodes on YouTube. We can always stay up to date, like, subscribe, and ring the notification bell to stay up to date on all future entries, including what we have next week. Well, hold on a second. Next week, we got our second Valentine's Day episode. And it's a very special episode. We're going to find some lost loves. But also, Greg... Oh, next week, the Thursday episode, it's a milestone. And you know how we love our milestones. Yeah. When we did 100, we did uh, Match Game Hollywood Squares Revisited. 300. That was a momentous occasion because for the first time ever in the almost three and a half year history of this podcast, we found out that you love wings. That's right. I cannot believe. That next week's going to mark 50 episodes, as I mentioned that, for the first time. Well, Greg, next week, we hit 350, and we've been sitting on a series. I think you've wanted to talk about this for close to two years at this point. Oh, yes. And I think there's one moment within the first three or five minutes of the pilot or the first episode that sort of defines this series. And that's really all we need to talk about. Yeah, that's I mean, it. there's more than that. There's more than that, but uh, th- yeah. that sets the stage perfectly. I mean, this is a serious show dealing with a sensitive subject, but let's be quite honest. The one moment in this show is all anyone remembers from this show. And it's like, it's supposed to be played up seriously, but the way it's set up, it's just so stupid. It just is. Well, Greg, we could say that there's a number of celebrities who are fans of this show. We could say that Will Smith is a fan. Oh, yeah. And and Charlie Murphy, I think, is a fan, too. Yeah, definitely Charlie Murphy. 
Oh, definitely, definitely those two at the very least. Oh, if he was still alive, I bet Rick James would have loved it. Rick James, Zsa Gabor would have loved this. Oh yeah, Zsa. Oh yeah. There's enough subtle hints for what we're talking about, and we've even talked about it. I think we talked about it this week. Uh, it wasn't this episode. I think we talked about it in, in three forty-seven. Maybe I thought we were. I thought we referred to it in three forty-seven. Maybe I don't know. If well, not, there, don't... hold on. There was plenty of promos during Super Bowl forty-seven for Star Trek Into Darkness, so that might be a hint right there. Okay, there you go. Uh, on top of all the famous people we said that would enjoy this show. Yeah. And we have a mini-sode next week. That's right. Well, we got President's Day coming up. So what happens when you have to have a famous American president voiced by a legendary actor? And you try to plug this hot new coin that you want everyone to say, hey, this new coin, this is going to be the best. Everyone's going to be wanting this coin. And everyone's reaction would be, no, no, we don't like this coin. Don't make this happen. We don't want this to happen like no bandit, no bandit. Does this have like the popularity of the presidential chess set? Yes, it does. Now, hold on a second. I doubt anyone with this coin is going to have one to buy, one to keep, and one to display, or whatever the hell it was they said in the battle for the White House chess set. Seiko, come back. We need you to fill in the blanks here. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. Is is yeah one to buy, one to play, one to put away. And one for uh, display or something like that. It, it, it all rhymed. I forget what it is, but I'm not going back to take a look at it. But also, I do think we need to acknowledge, yeah, Chico hasn't been here this week. He has earned a well-deserved vacation. So we're taking the lead this week. But he'll be back soon. Yeah. But you'll know all about those subjects that we discussed next week. Right here on It Was a Thing on TV. For Mike, I'm Greg, and we thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here for the next one. Row! Much, much, much later. Down the street, this man is getting closer to you. The closer he gets, the better looking he gets. <laughs> you have to have this man. You have to pick him up, but he's getting closer. And remember, if he passes you, it's just like a football touchdown. All he has to do is cross that imaginary plane. And if he crosses you, he's out of your life completely. You can't say, Shane, Shane, come back, Shane. <laughs> okay, this man's getting closer to you. How do you pick him up? Excuse me, I wonder if you could help me. Can you point me in the direction of the post office, please? Oh. Yeah, this is the tip we were just talking about. We've been showing highlights from his 80s VHS tapes and loving all of his tips for ladies trying to pick up men. And Elliot Jaffa might just have some dating advice for all you single people trying to navigate the dating world right now. Elliot Jaffa joins us this morning. Good hey, morning. Good morning. morning. How are you? I am fantastic. When was the last time you watched your own video? Well, every, probably over a year ago. Okay. 
So do people reach out to you? I mean, these, I'm sure in the world of the internet, these make their way around. And uh, how do you look at these with eyes from 2022? How do I look at them? Yeah. I, I, my hair was different. I, I don't buy it this color. So, <laughs> so when you were showing the clip, I was saying, boy, I was a good-looking guy in those days. <laughs> so I had, some, I had some credentials. Do you feel like your tips hold up? Absolutely. This is the fun side of, of what I do. I'm a behavioral and marketing psychologist, and my job is to work with organizations, companies, how to generate increased revenues. So you have to strike while the iron is hot. So when you see somebody, just like the clip that you sold, if you cross that plane, that man, that woman is out of your life forever. So you stop them and say, excuse me, and can you aim me in the direction of the post office or something in the direction that she, he's walking? And he says, you're going the wrong way. And you go, oh, so you got to practice in front of a mirror. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, right. they, so you start walking with the guy. Ladies, then you immediately turn and say, hi, my name's Anne Marie. So she, she needs this help from what I hear. Hi, my name's Anne Marie. Um, uh, you know, and luckily, hopefully, he'll shake your hand, assess that you're not diseased, smile. Mm -hmm. You've made physical contact. Now you're walking with him. You don't know when he's going to stop. So you sit, look at the guy and say, if you're not married, engaged, or in love, would you like to meet one uh, morning next week for a cup of coffee? And that works. Yeah. You've heard from the Absolutely. people that that works. Look, if you didn't talk to that guy, you know what you're going to be doing the rest of the day? Telling all your friends, I saw this fantastic guy, this handsome guy, and oh, right. I didn't do anything. He said, hey. you think he's going to be back there tomorrow or next Tuesday? No. Yeah. No. Hey, Elliot, I, I like your videos, but I do, I do wonder one thing. I do wonder if you overestimate men just a little bit. Because me personally, if I were making a video like that and I were speaking to a room full of women about how to get a man's attention, you know what I would say to them? Smile at him. <laughs> That's all it takes. You're, you're absolutely right. But by, besides the smile, throwing physical contact, and go for the clothes right away. Go You're absolutely for the right. This, huh. Yeah, this Elliot, have, have you, did you work. ever get married? No. <laughs> Who would want me? <laughs> What's going <laughs> on? Come on? What's wrong? Look, there were. Which, I don't know what's wrong. I thought I was going to get married like a couple years out of college, and then surely by the time I'm 25 and 35, and um, I have a fantastic girlfriend. I have a fantastic best friend who's a woman. I got a dog who keeps me honest the whole day. Um, no, I never got married. Huh. So, all right. So, for those who uh, you know who haven't seen us do some of your excerpts, mm -hmm. we want to play a couple, and then maybe we could talk about them afterwards. This is about sure. something we we've been talking about here: closing the deal. So, let's take a look. Always borrow something that belongs to him. <laughs> now, ask a man to borrow a pen. A man keeps a pen in one of two places, either the breast pocket of his jacket or a shirt pocket. So you say, Excuse me, do you have a pen I could borrow? He pulls the pen out. Now, as long as you have his pen, what's he going to do? Track you down. He's going to stay with you. He's not going to say, That's a gold cross. Uh, you can keep it. I have several more at home. No, he's going to stay right there with you. <laughs> as long as you're holding one, his pen, he's going to stay there. 
Uh, as long as I have your pin, why don't you give me your name? Uh, are you sure that this deceit and manipulation is the way to go? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. No, have come you on. heard? Come from... on, I've got to, wait a minute. Let me, let, let, let me go with, with sure. you. Men have not, are not used to getting hit on. Women are, come here often, what sign are you? Yeah. Where, where, where do you work? That, that kind of crap. But men are stupid. I, I admit, I'm stupid. A woman sitting on me, and I'm not even realizing it. So you're literally taking the guy by surprise. He's going to give you that phone number right away. He's going to put his phone number in your cell phone right away. That's how fast. It's like snatching a woman's purse. You don't look and see if she's got credit cards or money. You run with it and you look later. Huh. So this is the same thing of strike while the iron's hot. Because, and then, you know, you go for the clothes. Okay, Man, now have you, heard, have you heard from women who have gotten married as a result? I, I used to be in the singles business. So I would throw, in, I'm in, a, in the Washington, D.C. area, so I would throw two single parties a year, have between five and 700 people. Oh. And, you know, at that time back in the 80s, I think there were about 23, 25 marriages that people called me and told me about. Yeah, wow. Hey, yeah, I think we have I time. To, I think we have time for one more clip. clip. Sure, go ahead. Let's say the number one place to meet men, no matter where you live, the financial district. But wait a minute, there's a problem. And you're going to say to yourself, well, gee, I don't work in that part of town. I work in another part of town. You know what? You ever heard of annual leave? You ever heard of sick leave? <laughs> How many ladies would call in sick Monday morning if they could meet a Superman? Yeah, just about every one of you. So take a sick day to meet Superman. Does this hold up over uh, the last 35 years? Absolutely. And you know what else holds up? On a rainy day, go down there with a big golf umbrella. When you see that guy walking down the street and he's got a suit on or a sport coat on or even a shirt on, you hold up that umbrella and you say, you go, I'll, you got to hold it, but I'll walk with you. So uh, you there you go. Chivalry works both ways. Oh, I well, love it. You know what? We could, we could have you back quite a bit. You still got it, Elliot. Hey, talk, talk to the producer. Get me on the payroll. <laughs> yeah, good luck there. Well, good luck to you. It's great to check in with you. Glad you're doing well.